Hey everybody and welcome to episode 164 of the Revive Your Soul podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So people, welcome to episode 164. Got a great show with you, with a returning guest, fourth time on the show. I think he's the the the, the guest I've interviewed, apart from Jason Christoph and maybe Warren Williams, the most, but in the shortest space of time. Uh, Tom Barnett, and we're going to a lot of different topics today, which is really interesting, and you're gonna get lots from it. In fact, we tackle everything what's going on from um well covid right now uh, melbourne in australia how they're trying to push through the um covid id and the, and the health passport quote unquote tracking system um we go into um detoxifying the body why fats are really important we're going to water uh, we talk about sex and masculinity and femininity as well as monogamous relationships and etc so there's lots of quality uh info on this one it's actually a really fun conversation i know you're going to love uh, before we get into that once again the, the show is sponsored by um www.reviveyourself.co and our shop there if you go to the website and click on the shop link on the on the top right corner we've got a whole host of products and this week i really want to dive into the products from bioptimizers um which you'll find on the uh, if, you, if you scroll down there, I said before last week, our website's had a little bit of a revamp. If you scroll down to the Bioptimizers products, um, where we've got enzymes, the HCL, and we've also got the probiotics. Now, we have, if you haven't listened to my episode with Wade Lightheart, then I definitely suggest you go back. But these are some of the best um, products on the market for your, for the digestion. Um, the strains of probiotic are exceptional. They're also fantastic breaking down proteins the mass enzymes not only do they help you digest food but they're fantastic for cleaning debris so if you have them lots of um, enzymes if you take them away from food they'll actually damage the stomach lining and these ones don't they actually help just clear debris from the body so they're very good at removing toxins so you can have them with food to help you digest food or, or without food to help you clear toxins from the body uh, and then Obviously, the HCL, which are fantastic for helping you digest, um, yeah, digest food. Most people have got diluted stomach acid. And this is one of the big causes of acid reflux. You know, the medical industry will tell you that you haven't, you've got too much stomach acid, which is complete nonsense. If you have too much stomach acid, you'd have supreme health because you'd be able to digest your food. The fact you haven't got enough stomach acid means the esophageal sphincter stays open and that allows the acid to come up into the mouth and causes lots of issues as well as, as, well as a very uh, painful esophagus can very be uncomfortable with acid reflux. So up in your hydrochloric acid, anyone who's taken antibiotics in the past medication, non-organic food, has a stressful life, you know, especially over the age of 30, the hydrochloric acid depletes. And so this is how you can get. And, and enzymes as well, enzymatic production depletes if you're over the age of 30. So enzymes and HCL for most people are something that they probably need to take um and it goes hand in hand with chewing your food making sure you really chew your food you know say before the dow say chew 
your water and drink your food. So basically, if you even water, move it around your mouth and chew it, and and your food chew into a paste. Uh, the other products I want to mention just today are going to be from Ancient Purity. Their vitamin C liposomal liposomal vitamin C. We're going into quote unquote flu season as I mentioned before no such thing but it is vitamin D deficiency season but other things that are going to help you here are going to be um, well the vitamin D which I can say anyway liposomal vitamin D which is fantastic um, and it's also got uh, it's also got K vitamins in it as well um, and liposomal means it's absorbed straight into the mouth as well as when it goes down so it absorbs in your mouth um, very very powerful it means it doesn't give you so much digestive or gastric distress we've got the liposomal version I've also got Asian Purity's own version um, which are fantastic and you can take up to about five to 10,000 IUs there uh, in one dose which is fantastic and also the liposomal vitamin C which is pure from scotland whereas most liposomals from china this is um, made in scotland it's very very clean organic um and the yeah, co- combination of vitamin c and vitamin d in these months is going to go a long way to keeping your immune system nice and healthy um other things that i'd recommend um i think is i recommend that people people have all the teas that we've got uh, in the evolution organics uh, part of cat's claw quadrupedra um and um, in fact in fact actually i think they're under the finchley clinic banner under the finchley clinic banner if you go and click on the finchley clinic the cat's claw quadrupedra and paldarco are fantastic for keeping the immune system nice and healthy quadrupedra is called stone break it really helps the liver and kidneys clear any stones cat's claw is phenomenal for the gut and paldarco is fantastic for any um opportunistic organisms like parasites antifungal antiparasitic antimicrobial um it's, it's very good for that so yeah that's that's the um intro for today guys if i was i always make sure i have them in my pantry along with a few other things but today's show we're going to go for them because they're going to be essential for keeping you nice and healthy throughout the winter months so on to today's show if i can speak on to today's show with tom barnett and we cover a lot and it's really fun and conversation it starts off actually we started recording then some reason i had a power outage so um we start off this mid-conversation enjoy and i'll see you on the other side just have to i think you know what it is i think when i press record it does that little clip out um but yeah the power just went down which was yeah. unusual uh, you on your uh or you got the your powers back on obviously because the light on yeah, yeah the the, no i think it was just something just tripped don't know why um but yeah now this is the this is a light because it's no that it's very grey where we are. It looks night. Like we've we've changed. When we first spoke, it was summer here, winter there. Right now, it's yeah. It, it's a uh, gloomy, gloomy October in England, mate. You'd you'd love it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I don't actually mind it when it gets a bit colder. I don't mind. I don't like this. It's horrible when it's cold and crisp. I don't mind it so much. Um, yeah. It's dreary. It's it's not great. But um, yeah, you're you're getting up pretty high now right you're getting pretty warm yeah pretty warm yeah sweating starting to sweat <laughs> it's good yeah yeah no it's not it's um i've never i've never been to where you are so then about, about byron bay gets pretty warm um not as not as warm as what's is it adelaide that gets ridiculously hot oh, a lot of them do, do melbourne does adelaide does it gets ridiculously hot here too but it's just there's more often than not you get a sea breeze so there's nice. always a place you can kind of get cooler yeah. And it's not as just uh, ridiculous, yeah. But yeah, plenty of Australia gets really hot. Cool. So we were just talking about the uh, the the five G pylon that was going up. You had a nice 
peaceful protest. Um, hopefully, we'll, yeah. we don't have a quick recap. Nice peaceful protest. You said the guy didn't realise that the, the, the five people didn't want it. You actually had uh, people turned up and to go and educate him about that. And we're just saying about if you listen to the mainstream in any of these situations, that you'd think that these things are good. Like with the identification thing they're bringing out in Australia for the for the, for the vaccine ID chip or whatever is going to be in there. Uh, and as you said, the only way to really stop stop these things is just everyone to say just fuck off with it we don't want it which you know what a lot of people more that i see on social media there are a lot of people that don't want this i mean there's a lot of people that are informed with it that that and i think we saw on the survey one of the guys i mentioned earlier who's taking the um british mps to call through common law he said this is the only thing we've got left you know they haven't got guns here you know they have in america but if it stands up here it's gonna stand up everywhere he's got I don't know if you listened to the interview that I sent you. Did you listen to it, Tom? Do you have time? Probably not. Yeah, I didn't go through the whole thing, but I saw the gist of it anyway. Yeah. Well, he was like, I've got barristers or people in like, high positions telling me what to do, like yeah. how this is the right thing to do. Because um, as you said before, like protests are like petitions are like begging, whereas this is it. And he said, people don't understand. Like, he, this guy who's behind it as well, he's taken big corporations to court before and won in situations that they thought they would like, be, be laughed out. But he said, when it comes to common law, it's very, very different. It goes above. And he said, everything that we've got here, um, there's no jury in the world. Like everyone we've looked into said said that we've got a ridiculously strong case, and it's a tyrannical government. These things have been put in place, and uh, you know, it's not someone who's a complete newbie to this. He's done this many times before. Um, so hopefully, he said, if, and if it gets through here, it sets precedent for every other common law country, um, which is powerful. But because at the moment it's almost like, no matter how much we resist, it's almost like they just they just laugh and say, you know, well whatever take another lockdown like in wales you've got having a lockdown and up north and i think you've got some in australia so it's almost like the only way out of this is for us just to say go fuck yourself as a collective otherwise um we're heading down a very slippery slope yeah yeah definitely yeah it's just it's just the numbers if we have enough people just to say no then it's uh it's fine <laughs> we don't have the numbers yet i mean i think like you said there's enough people starting to Move in that direction, you know, we've got a good momentum behind our side, but at the same time, there's just so many people that are just uh, asleep at the wheel. So that's what they're relying on. But I think, you know, um, I'm not really sure still that there's going to be that mandatory, you know, that travel ship and all that kind of stuff, that electronic travel thing. It's like, yeah, just depends. We'll have to see. Why, why, why do you, why do you, why do you say that? If, they, if they've come out, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, this is me just asking. If they've come out and said that they're looking to get it done by the next year, especially in Oz, yeah. what, what makes you think that? Well, first of all, that's an offer, and second of all, uh, they're usually pretty optimistic with their time framing. So if they say that, it's probably another year later that you'll see it, unless they stage something else to put it into place. So there's, um, you've got to consider the economic effect. Like they're all about money. And if there's enough people who just say, well, bugger that, I'm not flying anymore, there's going to be a lot of money lost through a lot of different means. And from, you know, uh, not just from airline companies, but from the countries who all charge taxes and visas and things when you enter and leave the countries, they're going to lose all of that for the people that don't want to fly anymore and uh, and travel interstate, uh, sorry, travel internationally. So um, they're going to have to... They're going to have to really think about that because that's where we can hurt them is if you just say, well, I don't really care about what you say, you know, go fuck yourself, I'll stay home or I'll travel within my own country, you know, they, mm. that will that can turn some things around. 
But at the same time, it just depends because there's so many people who just think that's a great idea because they're under the illusion that that's going to keep them safe. It's like, oh, these measures are a good idea. That's going to mean that we're safe from these people that could come and infect us all because they've watched too many zombie movies and they've turned into zombies themselves. Can't think anymore. So, Yeah. I mean, just on a basic level, this is the thing that I wanted to talk about. As people on a basic level, if you think you can catch disease from someone else, then by the same premise – you should be able to catch my health, okay? So if I'm a healthy person, full of healthy bacteria, and you're ill, every time I breathe over you, you'll be able to catch my healthy microbes. And then all of a sudden, three or four or five days later, you'd be a spitting image of health, you know? But no. <laughs> you know, and it's like, people don't understand, like, it's the same with, with disease. These things don't cause disease. They, Your toxic body causes disease. And it's just... When you look at, when you actually say it to people, they're like they look and think, ah, oh. almost like in their mind they go, actually that sort of makes sense. It's like, well, yeah. Why do you think only bad things can happen and not good things? You know, if, if it, you know, so people even on a basic level, on a common sense level, I said I put a post up today on a common sense level, getting like government and, and mainstream media and and big pharma reporting fucking scams in their times, but making people think that they're ill when they feel healthy has got to top the lot, yeah. like the world, yeah. Mate, you feel really good. Oh, yeah, but you might be ill. Like, you might be ill. So, yeah. Yeah, but I feel fantastic. My skin looks great. I've got oodles of energy. In fact, life couldn't be better. But I might be ill. It's like, and, and people buy into it. Like, it's not yeah. a mask for not to protect you. They protect other people. It's like, no, don't worry. Uh, come up and give me a kiss if you want. Because uh, I, I really couldn't. And it, do you know what I mean? That, that, this basic premise. If you start using your mind, but I, I, it's like the, the Morpheus thing, right? Where people are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system they'll fight to protect it i feel like some people are like they want to be scared they want this to be more real than it is i mean you probably find that the same yeah yeah because most people are bored like people want to hear gossip all the time they want to hear what other people are saying about each other whereas i couldn't give a shit i don't want to hear it people start saying i'm like shut up i don't want to hear it but most people uh they want that it's because they're bored they're boring they're literally boring people and they need something that's like oh there's a death toll let's count it every day let's watch the news or Hey, look, there's this stuff going on, and oh, this is all drama and drama, drama. And it's because they're boring people. They're bored. They're not living their life. So for them, this is some excitement. You know, on a dramatic scale, this is excitement to them. And uh, it's always been that way, but it's just yeah. what we're living in. Well, no, it has actually. When you're on the first video, it's if you're sitting there counting the death toll, like the Olympic medal tally, I was cracking up because people are like that. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, oh, that was the first. Yeah. Yeah. Video. yeah, yeah, I was cracking up. I remember, <laughs> you, just, I remember you said that and the other things, and it was like uh, uh, the full retard thing as well. Never got full retard, man. It was uh, good. Yeah, no, <laughs> I love that. That's what. That's actually one of my favourite funny films. That, that, that that's hilarious when he's yeah, in that exactly. film. Yeah, when yeah. he say, uh, "You're more shredded than the Julian salad." <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's wicked, isn't it? Yeah, old Robert Downey Jr. But no, you're right. This is the thing. It's always been that way. It's it's, it's just distraction. When you listen to people like. Um, um, Mark um, Mark Passio speak when you listen to people like Michael Zara speak they talk about these things are just distractions to give the, the common person like a bit of excitement in their life that's what all these things are like the NFL or the football or whatever it is you know they're distractions to stop people being spoiled from their from their normal lives and it just gives them something to talk about or that's why people sit there watching TV programs because it gives them like a full sense of having some excitement in their life and same as this yeah. right 
It's just, it's like, I've got, like you probably, I've got so much going on. This is just a hindrance. This is, this is just a pain in the ass to deal with. And yeah. because it sort of falls in the realm of my world, where, you know, the other thing I saw you do the talk on the other day of masculinity, which I think I want to touch on because it falls in the realm of my world where I know about this, like I know about health. I know what causes health and, and disease, so do you. And so I have to speak up and I wouldn't be a man if I wasn't speaking up. Like mm-hmm. I just couldn't not do it. It's similar to you. But it's the other thing they've been doing that someone pointed out and i've known this for like for years how they've taken an attack on the masculine like real men and tried to put it yeah. as toxic masculinity and trying to say like you know trying to make men the buffoons like in any comedy show every masculine like every dad's like a buffoon and all the women are strong and trying to make the roles reversed and and there's many things that go into this like you know if you teach women that they need to be more masculine then they lose their feminine and, and then men don't know what they're doing and and the, the gender roles and all these things that have been done like all that yeah probably leading up to this point where they've got less men less masculine people true masculine people to actually stand up against them because apart from yourself and jason christoph and a couple of others I see a lot of women speaking out on this and not as many men yeah 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 oh there's quite a few guys in our country you got oh, nick patterson who i think you've had a chat with uh nick. nate fanos um there's a few but i agree there's a lot more Especially when you see it in the streets, like, you know, Amy that we both chatted to Mm. when her and her mum went out to a store and they wanted to just go without a mask and they stood their ground and all that. But their dad was just like, no, I don't want to do that. As there's a lot of guys that are just not doing stuff. And there's a lot of women are the ones that are going and saying no and standing up and walking at the front of the rallies and all that sort of stuff. It's a lot of women. And on one level, it makes sense to me because uh, the world has been so far out of balance that it's the feminine that was always going to heal the imbalance in the world. So it kind of makes sense that the women are are um, doing a lot of the standing up at the moment. But at the same time, it's pretty much taking on a masculine element unless they're really coming from that strong feminine principle, which is what a lot of them are doing. So that's, that's why I think it's having a good effect. But I agree, it's like where are a lot of the guys at the moment, you know. Mm. <laughs> I love that meme that goes around and it's this dude pulling his pants down or whatever and he's got like nothing between his legs and he's got like women's undies on and it says a man undressing after a hard day of wearing a mask. And it's just, uh, you know, every every man in the world should be going around without a mask, right. basically. I, it, mate, that, that whole thing, it, it makes me like, it hurts me at soul, at my soul when I see that because you walk around and you can't even – you can't even smile at people, but well, you can, or I can. I just smile, but like, you can't even tell what that people were, are thinking. And, you know, the other day when we was out and we was in, went popped over to Crete and I was out and talking to girls or whatever, you know, like boy girl interaction, and we're in a mask. And I'm like, I don't even know if my chat up lines are working here because I can't <laughs> see your face. And she, yeah. was like, she, she was like, no, no, it's fine, mate. Okay, okay. I was like, cool. I was like, take your mask off, fuck's sake. Like, I, 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 I don't yeah. care. Like, trust me, I, because people work, I get it, people don't want to lose their jobs and stuff, but you, even if you go out and you smile at that old lady or whatever it is, or, you know, you help, help anyone or whatever it is, you can't, it takes away that, that human, uh, that human interaction, which is so powerful. It's how it, it boosts the immune system smiling at someone, right? And, and just having that, that there. And so that's another thing I'm almost like, it, the, this, this hurts my soul. Just walk into the shop and see everyone wearing a mask. And it's like, this, this makes me feel like, how many of you still believe in this bullshit? And how many of you are actually like really scared? Like how many of you are actually on the fence? There was actually a stat come out the other day. It was like from the government website. So that 17% of the UK think this is 
bullshit, basically. I think it's just a hoax. Yeah. Um, and so if they're saying 17%, it's probably more like 25 because Yeah, yeah. That's like, a good number. Yeah, that's a good that's number. A good number. Uh, you know what everyone should do, though? And what everyone should do as a signifying thing is if people still – because you know how some people are just like, yeah, I know this is all bullshit, but I don't really know enough and I don't want to rock the boat and I don't want to like – I just need to get through this and let it blow over. That's what a lot of people might be thinking. Mm. If they all just put something on their mask, like coloured half of it in a certain colour, so that everyone that you see, like, yeah, okay, they're on our side, they're on our side, they're on our side. And before long, you might see half the people that are wearing masks have, like, this specific colour or symbol on their mask, and you just go, well, this is it. And then all of them just go, well, I'm not alone. Like, look at all of this. And then they'll take their masks off, and it's just uh, it all fall over. That's quite a good idea. Should we put something out for that? I mean, we just have. Yeah, so, like, you should, you what, should lead it for the UK. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I don't well, – so if you don't wear a mask, like me, don't wear a mask. But if you do wear one, what what colour? What colour uh, symbolises freedom? Yeah, uh, yeah. What, what, what colour would that be? Um, cool, well, I don't know. You know, like the yellow vest was a big movement. It's all just like a yellow vest. It's like, well, there you go. It's super simple. It's just a certain colour just yeah. represents freedom. Yeah. Um, yeah. There must be a colour. I don't know what colour. There must be a colour that represents freedom or like, or just not believe in the bullshit. Freedom. Oh, you muted yourself. <laughs> Got me now? Got me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah you just muted yourself. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, the colour of freedom. You probably come up with the American flag, which would be ironic. Uh. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um but like no we'll we'll look we'll look into into that it's um yeah definitely definitely could do you definitely could do something like that because that would let other people know because sometimes people don't do it because they're afraid that they're going to be the only one the only yeah. one standing out right and so they don't like to to be the only person whereas i actually quite enjoy that um yeah. <laughs> i was like yeah. cool i mean the other thing i've got you can have these so you've got these things as well, because sometimes I can't even be bothered to argue with people. So I have these, as you've probably seen. Have you seen these? Uh, yeah, no, I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. So like, if someone's someone coming, because if you get on a plane and people want to argue with you, I just go like that and just like, gets where the argument. Yeah. Or I've got the documents as well. Because apparently now, before I've flown, not worn a mask, and apparently now they're asking for your documents. But I've got those whole, the documents you actually put up saying, like, I'm happy to wear a mask as long as you can prove this, this, and this, and this, which is, is quite um, quite interesting. And, and uh, yeah, no, we'll we do that. We'll have a look, look at what, what colour. We can even put, we can even put up, a, like, a, a poll. What colour should would best suit it? Um, yeah. Yeah, we should do that, definitely, because it's it would be, it would really work because it's just something that instills a uniformity and solidarity between everybody that's that knows or is on the fence but is like not quite at the level of just being able to brave it like you're doing they just need that little bit of extra support from everyone else it's the worst seat in the world do you wear a mask no no well no one well some people do around here but we don't have any mask laws here or anything like that so oh, cool, yeah. Yeah. I've, seen, I've seen that your police are getting um well i've spoken to nick he's seen that the police are getting a little bit tyrannical a little bit like uh, with a few things he's done like trying to they're trying to um ward off like protests and things like that they've been in melbourne yeah. yeah yeah is he in melbourne is he yeah uh i thought he was i thought he was i thought he was the same thought he was the same gym as you no 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 so he's where he's where all the bad shit's going on ah. nick's in the heat of it yeah yeah we're we're probably in the luckiest part of the country here or one of the luckiest parts right right, right. Uh, yeah like the police were really on our side today um 
they asked a couple of times if we could spread the crowd out a little so they didn't have to do anything about it. And we just, I just said, yeah, I'll make the announcement. And I did. And everyone just spread out a bit. And I go, you happy? And they go, yep. And that was it. How comes there's such a big difference? Well, what's going on in Melbourne is you've got the UN occupying the place. So those people wearing black, they are the, um, I forget the name of whatever they're called, some peace peace force something from the UN. They're, peace force. They're, yeah, and they dress like uh, stormtroopers and that from Star Wars. So uh, I forget the name of it, but basically it's the it's part of the New World Order. It's the they're serving the Soros company, uh, companies and things like that. He's got like a specific task force that is for that, and that's what these people are. And so and it's filtered through to the Victorian government, which is now well always probably was, but is definitely now Chinese owned in Victoria. Oh really? And, yeah, so these are all foreign occupying forces. All the police forces for the last third, uh, since uh, since the late 70s have been, well, I might have got the date wrong, but around then, uh, have been foreign occupying forces because they're it's a foreign registered corporation, which means that they are foreign mercenaries. They're working, they are from a foreign corporation. And now they literally are from a foreign corporation because they're all Chinese owned and stuff now in Victoria. So they're, they're fucked, basically, because... Well, not, sorry, I'll back that up in a second. But currently, that's what's going on. That's why people are under such weird and stringent rule is because of the power play that's going on behind the, behind the scenes. And so all of this that's going on down in Victoria is to cement this changing of the guard where there's this ownership battle taking place. Well, not even a battle, but a buyout and a takeover. And it's also being used because they've shown that they can lock the state down to such a degree that no one's really doing anything, that that's their test bed. So now that'll be the model to use for the rest of the world. It's just the easiest place to do it. That wouldn't happen in Berlin or Paris or London or New York. That wouldn't happen because the population in other places is too fiery, too uh, onto it, too many people, but you can do it in Australia. You really can. It's the test bed. So that's what's going on. Interesting. I, I don't know. They've tried to do it in Liverpool, and they Liverpool has protests, but with Sarah Gates on because for the people of the north, the north east, northwest would actually kick up a fuss because of what's gone on before. With you know, even like politically, like I don't really bind to politics, but politically, like they've they've been sort of when they lost all their jobs um, when Margaret Thatcher was in it was in. Uh, was in office, well, was in office when she was prime minister. You know, they taken away, they privatised a lot of the stuff, and they lost a lot of, mm-hmm. lot of industry there. Uh, and they sort of stopped. They had the whole picket line, the scabs. I don't know if you, you probably yeah. know about that, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, it's sort of like now, it's like a lot of the, lot of, it's, it's weird because in Lancashire they haven't locked down gyms, but in Liverpool they have. And there's one guy who's actually said, "I'm keeping my gym open." They keep hitting with a thousand pound fine every hour, like thousand pound, then two thousand pound, three thousand pound. And he's got people on his side, and it's, it's why it needs to like go to. I mean, cut the, the common law court is the only, only way. It's, the, I guess they was talking about how so people think it's far fetched, but we actually want like Boris Johnson, Matt Hancock, all these people. You know, we, we want them um, basically doing. So this is seen it before with like these it's basically treason against the people. Um, and the yeah. thing is, people going about the Tory government or whether it doesn't matter who is in their power, it would have been the same people doing the same crap. Um, which people are still like buying into the polit- political thing of it. And same with actually Trump actually come did when did Trump come out and say yesterday? He said something about he came out and said something about against vaccines. I think did you what did he say? Did you see that? No, I heard I've heard a lot of people have been saying something about. 
vaccines are going to be what's going to allow people to go back to normal. That's uh, I've heard that being said from a few. He actually he actually came out and said something yesterday. I can't remember what exactly what it was actually. I'd have to have a look because let's have a look because he he came out and um, said something against. Oh yeah, he said no. He actually came out and said the lockdowns are unscientific and claim they needlessly destroy millions of lives. That was yesterday. Yeah, right. So it's quite interesting that. See, I don't really know where do you stand with Trump? Do you think he's still part of the part of like the uh, New World Order? Do you think he's actually someone going against it? What, what do you think? Mm, I well, I don't know because I don't follow. I don't follow enough of that stuff to know. But if I had to put money on it one way or another, I'd say that he's on the side of of opposing the New World Order. I would, yeah. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, just because coming out with that, it's just like, but that's the thing. Like, um, the lockdowns even been un- not so unscientific. Everything's coming out, and then they've got, as you said before, like the the, um, the the jabs that are coming out as well. They're trying to bring out, you know, um, Bill Gates and everything. He's saying that he he said I think they come out of day. He even said that these masks are not going to be here for a short period of time. They're going to be here for a long period of time. Uh, and looked into the vaccines. And do you know who Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is? No. Uh, she's like a big, she's a big like vaccine. Um, oh, Sherry, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. yeah, Sherry Tenpenny, yeah. She came out and said like people have the flu jab combined with this new vaccine, it's almost certain death. She reckons it'll mm-hmm. wipe out millions, which will they'll then blame on, you know, COVID. Which is this is like the other thing that you go yeah. into. You've you've had you had it in winter, but we're now going into winter, and this is what they're going to do to just to push up. Yeah. Do, do you know how they combine the flu and the pneumonia statistics as well? Mm. So it's like when they say, oh, people died from the flu. Well, in 2018, 650,000 people died of the flu in the US. It was like, well, probably 625,000 of those were actually pneumonia. They weren't flu, but they just put it together so they can ramp yeah. up and say they can put out a new vaccine. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's this it, it's, it's almost like everything that's been conspiring over the last few years all come, well, it's not as if, it's all come to this point, right, with vaccines, yeah. track and trace, Getting rid, of, getting rid of the masculine, masculinity, and you know it's uh, yeah, it's well. I think it's weird because someone said the other day if they had this sorted out properly, then there wouldn't have even been a resistance to it. Like the mm-hmm. fact that they didn't have it completely solidified. It's like the five G. I mean, I think. With that, with the five G, if they had that in place before, I think things could have been a bit different. I mean, have you have you got any five actual five G in your area? No, we've opposed all the towers in this area, but within uh, like twenty, I think twenty five k's in either direction, they've got five G in, mm. or fifty yeah. kilometers, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's just like when they come in as well, they're ramping them up. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's like we. No one really knows. Um, have you seen the? Um, have you read the book, or have you seen the book? Um, what really makes us ill, Tom? Why everything you know about disease is is wrong. Have you seen that? Uh, I know of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, about it's talk about the invisible rainbow, is it? Yeah. So they talk about EMFs, but they also talk about um, toxicity. Um, yeah. And um, poor food, and the other one, which is uh, the whole consciousness of the world being scared. Mm-hmm. As you know about like the nocebo effect, and when everyone's scared, you know they're much more likely to to have an environment that's susceptible to any opportunistic organism. But also, it's just going to like chronically raise their cortisol, and make them um, make them just drop out of the immune system, so they can just be ill. And it's yeah. something that like you've seen across the world, like, the whole world um, has been like that, apart from countries like Sweden. Have you seen Sweden? 
No. Are you talking about recent stats or whatever? Or? No, no, they just haven't locked down at all. They've just been going about things as normal. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I know, so it's like, it's like when everyone wants to be scared, why wouldn't they look at someone like Sweden and go, there's nothing actually to worry about? Um, it's really it's really interesting. Um, I mean, it's like, I don't, do you get much news from other countries over there? I don't get any news. You don't? Because I don't. No, I don't give a shit about it. But, yeah, we get news from all around the world here. I just don't look at any of it. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. No, but I mean, like, in terms of, like, you don't even look at you don't even look at what's going on? No, never. Really? Never? No. So how do you no. know what's going on then? I don't. That's why I don't know what Trump's doing or what Sweden's doing or what England's doing. I barely know what Victoria's doing. But you know, like, what's going on in the world? No, I just know how the world works. I don't really know what's going on. It's like... um. I just know the I just know the patterns and I know the signs and I know uh, I know the agenda the, the the grander agenda so I can figure out what's going on if somebody asks me a question but I don't know who anybody is I didn't know who the prime minister of our country was till a couple of months ago and uh, someone in someone was asking me about some guy in Canada and he was saying kept saying the name and I'm like who who is that like who are you talking Justin about Trudeau. that's the guy yeah and mm. I'm like I don't know who that is. <laughs> I didn't know who the prime minister of your country was either. I got caught out on a well, not caught out, but somebody was asking me to choose between Trump and whoever your guy is, and I'm like, who's? I'm like, I know who Trump is. Who's such and such? And they go, he's the prime minister of England. I'm like, all right. It's like people, they're, they're irrelevant people to me. They literally mean nothing. They're they're less than irrelevant. So I don't want to waste. Even just knowing that Trudeau's name is a waste of brain space to me. So like there's so much more I could do with my mind than mm. to know who's um because they're all puppets anyway. They don't mm. actually. They didn't do anything. They're just puppets. So uh, as far as what's going on in the world, it's kind of easy to figure out without needing to like be uh, looking at the what's being fed because you already know that what's being fed is a is fake or a half truth. It's never fed truth at all. Even when you hear uh, Trump or whatever, if he is on the good side, anything he's saying is in code anyway. He's never actually saying what's actually going on. Neither are any of them. There's always code, so you have to be able to decipher what it is that they're really talking about. And uh, it's always been the case. It's always been, well, JFK kind of like said it straight out and then got shot in the head. So it's like you got to, you say things in code, you know. That's what they do. Mm. Well, it's actually got his, I think it, uh, it was his dad, Robert Kennedy Jr. Do you follow him at all? No, but I know I know what he does. I've got yeah, friends yeah. that basically I hear through friends. They go, oh, Robert yeah. Kennedy Jr. is doing this or Del Bigtree is doing that or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, right. Yeah, well, he, well, he seems to be like I me. Mean, he's got, got, come a lot about when it comes against the vaccine companies and, and these well, big farmer in general. And it's when people understand how it's good because when he pulls out the figures and stuff, because you can't, a lot of these countries, you can't even get into their books. In America, you sort of can. And when you look at how much they've paid out in 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 like in fines just for the last 10 uh, 10 years the last four uh, the four biggest companies have paid out over 35 billion pounds in damages yeah, right. wow 35 billion 35 billion so people don't understand wow. what a billion is so so a million seconds tom how many how many how many days is a million seconds i don't know 11 <laughs> days uh, it's just, just so people don't understand how much a billion is people just they chuck a billion out they don't realize so a million yeah. seconds is 11 days roughly yeah. a billion a billion seconds is 34 years right yeah. that's the difference and you talk about 35 billion yeah, yeah in the last 10 years that's just a, that's just the four biggest for yeah for falsifying science for um um 
uh, or killing, maiming people, falsifying penalties, fines, falsifying science, um, literally co- corrupting, uh, paying like bribing individuals, bribing boards. I mean, it's actually like it's 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 just amazing. And then and people still trust these are the companies that are all making the vaccines. You know, putting in and people don't understand like Johnson and Johnson put asbestos in their baby powder. And yeah, yeah. All, you is, all you have to do is look at a, a, a t- like a film like uh, Erin Brockovich, which you probably haven't watched. Um, um, but anyway, the, the details of what they the Flint, like the, the water supply in, in basically uh, in one of the towns in America, which is like Flint, I suppose, in America, where the tumors kept on getting tumors, and the company got so much money they can just keep paying people off until you actually finally get someone as prepared to go the full the full distance, and they realize that like, how much money um, they get, and these people think this is all conspiracy. It's like, do you know how many of these things actually exist? But they got so much money they bury it so people can't talk about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and so and it, and it's one of one of the things that this is like the five G companies. Now they're, they're five times more powerful than Big Pharma, mm. so they completely control the narrative. Um, mm. So yeah, anyway, what what else has been going on, my man? What else you been you been you been getting into? Like how have things been going on, on your side in terms of health? And you've been getting lots of questions. What are the things that people have been asking you most? Well, it's pretty varied, but um, yeah, Jesus, just really varied. The Q&As I do are like, there's a lot of different questions. I tend to get some that are asked over and over, but um, it's usually something like, how do I fix some condition, skin condition or, uh, you know, whatever. So it's more, uh, yeah, there's a lot that people are starting to pick up on, which is good, just, uh, you know, with regards to the quality of food. And um, I think the one that I did that got the most kind of reaction was the uh, – the video I did on water and the role of water and how much you should and shouldn't drink and all that sort of stuff and how most people are over-consuming water despite what you're told is health advice of drinking a ton of it. And then so many people got back to me within the weeks after that and said, I'd, I'd cut down a heap on the amount of water I've been drinking. I feel so much better. <laughs> That's heaps of people. So what I think that it? was one of the ones that, that changed a lot of minds more than any of the dietary stuff so far. Okay, well, it's interesting. What was you saying? Because I know Paul Chek's a big believer in the best solution for pollution is dilution, um, yeah. and drinking a certain amount per per ounce of like certain amount of ounces per kg of body weight. What was yeah, your yeah. What were your thoughts on that? No, I don't like that because it's it equates to around three liters of water a day, and it's just not. It depends on a lot of factors, though. That's the thing. So, uh, yeah, it depends on a lot of factors. I th- I still think three liters is too much regardless, but at the same time, it does depend on, yeah, how polluted a body is and how much cooked food that they're primarily eating, which is what most people are eating. If people are eating very highly processed foods that have zero water content, you are going to need to up the amount of water that you're drinking, but either way, it's still a solvent. So it's not, it's not bioavailable water. So it's still not help really that healthy. So it really does depend, but I, I, there's a few things I don't really agree with Paul on, but I still rate him as the best guy in the world as far as putting everything together. But no one, no one individual, no one man has all the answers. And so, like anybody, he's got things that I think aren't, aren't up to scratch. But overall, I think he's done so much for the world that, uh, you know, it's kind of – and the other thing is, too, you just got to remember that if you make a lot of money – from putting something forward, it's real hard to then go go later and just go, actually, shit, I found out that's a bit wrong. It's like you've got to make a moral decision of whether you go, I, I was wrong, 
even though I've made all this money or whatever, and then I'll change it? Or do you stick to your guns and you say, no, nah, that's the right way? You know, and I think that confuses a lot of people once they get to a certain level of notoriety and wealth. I think it can really influence the way they they think and they have to, or their mind just closes in certain ways because otherwise, you know, they hide. A lot of people, their competency is bound by the money that they make and things like that. And I think that can that can change a lot of people's ability to, keep a really open mind and to be an eternal student and to always be open to a different way of looking at things. And not saying that that's Paul, but it does affect a lot of people for sure. Mm. So go on. So what is your, so what's your take on? So you're saying if you're actually eating a lot of raw food and, and fruits, etc., you need less water than, than you think. Yeah. Way less. You can, so do, you can that... do none. I know plenty, plenty of people who drink no water. It all comes from foods. So, so even, even if it, but would that not as well, um, so for, for me, you know, so the more toxic people are, but also um, if people are exercising quite a lot, spend a lot of time in the sauna, for example, mm-hmm. if they're actually sweating quite a lot, they have to replace what they've lost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of, but that comes from foods as well. So the, uh, the maximum that I'll drink in a day is 750 mils. That's if I have a really hot bath and I've exercised 750 mils of water because most of the, uh, and that water is also structured, so it's got lemon in it or apple cider or it's uh, got ginger in it or something that actually makes the water more bioavailable. It's not just plain water. So you're looking at, uh, you know, you just up your amount of vegetable juices, for example, or the amount of raw milk that you drink. That's all primarily water, you know. That's interesting. Mostly it's interesting because a lot of people would say, like, anything. So research, I've written research that says, if you if anything you're drinking that isn't pure water isn't hydrating because it has to go through the digestive system even if you're drinking teas it gets digested the body reads it as a food as not just as a as, as a as a hydration supply so i i guess i'm happy to change my my mind and to open things i just do what generally works best or i've seen work best and you know a lot of people when they I mean, when you change when you people come to me and you anyway tell me probably change, we change so much so over over the time, we don't change it all at once, but from yeah. like four months down the line, they've changed so many things from their sleep patterns to the quality of food they're eating, so to what they're listening to, to to the exercise they may be doing, to they're doing breath work, you know, and there's many things for what they're doing that you know, and you put it all together. But for me, it's sort of like when people. I, I feel like people are chronically dehydrated just because of constantly drinking coffee. Um, everyone, there's a pub on every corner in England, so people are constantly having alcohol, um, yeah. and and even they're drinking things like fizzy drinks. And so for me, they're constantly, you know, they're diuretics, teas. Yeah. I mean, in England, everyone has a cup of tea, uh, yeah. and then they're drinking these things. And so it is different if you're having your diet like you, you're having a lot of raw food where it's a lot of water. But it's interesting, yeah. a lot of research. I'm trying to think the guy who's got the book out. Um, about water, oh, I can't remember his name. Talks about how every disease comes from the fact that we're being dehydrated, but also how the gut reads any any um, liquid that that isn't pure water as a food. I don't know if you've read that research as well, but um, no, but it's technically true. But so uh, you're right. Coffees, teas, they're diuretics. So um, if your if your diet is all like processed and highly cooked foods. You're not getting water out of those. You're just not. So you have to bring it in in other ways. If you're drinking coffees, alcohols, teas, soft drinks, they are also going to be dehydrating. But those aren't real foods. 
So there's a huge difference between that and eggs, like raw eggs, milk, raw vegetable juices, whole fruit, even raw meats, 60% water. And that's all bioavailable water. Because what happens is that in order for water to get into a cell, you have to have the channels open up. You got the sodium and potassium, uh, potassium, yeah, sodium, potassium channels that open up to let things in. They fire from an ionic charge. Water that is not bound by an ionic charge won't open those. So what you do is you just flood your system, you overload the kidneys. When too much fluid comes in, the body has to dump, uh, it has to thicken the blood. So it dumps fluid from the blood directly to the kidneys. That's why people piss every hour. And they can't, you're not supposed to piss more than every four or five hours. That's normal. If you piss more than that, you're putting too much through your system. And when the blood dumps fluids, you're also washing out minerals. So that's why drinking, like you look at, the way I figured this out, by the way, before I looked into research, was I was just like, I'm carrying around liters of water with me a day. And I'm like, this can't be natural. Like if this system falls down and there's not a water fountain on every corner and these fancy fucking drinking bottles, I'm like, where am I getting this water from? So I start looking at tribes and I start looking at anthropological studies and I'm like, these guys are super healthy. They're not, they're not lugging water around. Like the, the native Aboriginal Australians, they're out in the middle of the desert. What kind of fucking, what, what, they get bits of water, but they're out in the desert for days. They don't drink water. So then you're like, well, why are they healthy? Like what's going on? What is it that makes their body maintain homeostasis? Where are they getting water from? Their fluids. And why are they really healthy? So I was looking at tribes and I was looking at all the people around the world who don't do what we do and lug all this water around. At the same time, I was pissing really regularly. I wouldn't sleep a night without getting up to urinate and um, just other little things that were just, I didn't attribute to water at the time. But as soon as I started cutting the water right back, all those changed. My sleep improved. I would, uh, partly because I wasn't getting up to urinate, but partly because my sleep just improved as well. My body temperature was higher. Um, my digestive system worked better. My moods were better. Uh, everything was better. Skin was not as dry. And then I started going, okay, well, why is this and why, where are we really getting water from? And that's when I started looking to other people's research around that and found, and found the way that water actually gets into the cells and hydrates the cell. And most of the hydration in the, like the, uh, not the hydration, but the lubrication in the body is all from fat. Like water doesn't lubricate anything. You put water on a fence, uh, on, a, on a hinge on a fence, it'll rust it because water is a solvent. That's its primary function. You look up and, and on any chemical list, the highest solvent is water on any list. It's a solvent. That's what it does. When you put it into the soil, when it goes into the soil, it breaks down rock. That releases the minerals into the soil. The plants then can then uptake the minerals. Water is always a solvent. It's fats that lubricate. Fats lubricate our joints, nervous system, and everything else. And so when you're fat deficient and you're overhydrated, all you're doing is washing out minerals. You have a tendency towards dry skin, aching joints, and things like that. So the water that gets into the cells most easily and best is the water that is bound ionically uh, from its osmolality and has co-nutrients and cofactors. So that's raw vegetable juices, whole fruits, um, you know, raw milk, raw eggs, and, you know, meat, like I said, even meat, 60%. All the rest are 80, 90, 95% water and all bioavailable because most of the water you drink, plain water, despite what that book says, it, I actually pissed most of that out, mm. pretty much all of it. You pissed no, that it's, out. It's interesting, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. It does sort of like – is it the only thing it's like – so that does make sense. I'm an open, open mind to it. Like thing is when um, – the other thing, most people as well, 
one of the things that you swap, swap it with, I say to them, like, if you just swap it with, well, it's, it's with these with these tribes, one of the things I say with them is, would they drink more water if it was more readily available? That's that's it's, it's like one of those things that would they drink more if it was more readily available? Has their body adapted to the situation they're in where it's not readily available? For example, there's tribes in in Australia that eat more meat because it's more readily available, and there's ones where it's not, so they eat less meat. You know, it's way that our body. And, and I think it was uh, who was the researcher? Um, I think it was Byron. Anyway, he he did a lot of um, research on the entron. You know, and he found that like the digestive systems of of men um, of, of humans went everything from 22 meters to 44 meters, depending on what. Yeah, the bigger their entron, the smaller. So this whole thing, uh, the human body is great at adapting. Uh, yeah. And if you're and if you're around areas where there's not enough water, would you drink less, and would your body adapt to it? So I I, I do, but I do 100% agree that fruit is very hydrating. You now vegetable juices are hydrating. So that's an interesting. I might even give that a go myself because I always drink. I suppose, but but then again, it's weird because like yourself, you know, I do a lot of exercise. Um, I enjoy it. It clears my mind, and so I do sweat quite a lot. And I like to go in the sauna. So I'm generally sweating quite a bit, I'd say 10 to 11 times a week, maybe 12 times a week. Yep. So would you say that have water with like salt water in? I'm going to give it a go because I've, I've always like had reasonable amounts of water, I suppose. I'll give it a go myself. Like, would you say? Or just stuff like lemon. And it's like squeezing lemon juice or something in because what that does specifically is it does, it structures the water. It gives it a better ionic charge. Squeezing lemon into the water. Yeah. Or just having yeah. lemon lemon juice. No, no, squeezing the water, the lemon into the water. Yeah. It just makes it more available. And then uh, raw honey as well. You can put some of that in. It really helps. Not all the time, but just from. But yeah, I mean, sweating a lot, it still doesn't make that much difference. It's um, you just up the intake of foods that have water in them. Like, for example, certain foods are more hydrating than others. Tomatoes, for whatever reason, I can't remember the reason, but tomatoes are extremely hydrating. So it might have the equivalent amount of fluid in it as uh, an orange, for example, but for some reason the structure and the nature of the tomato is extremely hydrating for the cells of the body. So it's just dif different things have their um, – so for me, when I get extra thirsty, I just eat more eggs. I just throw more eggs down, and, uh, and then the thirst goes away. Really? Yeah. And it's like thirst, thirst is a weird thing because it's like the third, you start drinking water and guzzling water, you get Already thirstier. Thirst. Yeah. Well, you just, it makes you thirstier. And um, what's not, what's as important as the amount of water you drink is how you drink it. If you're sculling the water, that's what causes the Stop. blood to, to dump the fluid because it has to thicken the blood to maintain homeostasis, to main, maintain body heat. And so sipping, it's a lot better a thing to do. Um, yeah, but it's just well, it's how also, you... yeah, moving moving the water around your mouth, right? So it's like it's, it's where mastication. Yeah. It's like how it yeah. mixes with the spleen energy of your mouth, which is why, you know, you said like the the, the Dales talk about drink drink your food and and chew your water. Um, yeah. So you're actually mixing it with the energy of your body, which is interesting. Exactly. But it's like yeah, and not having it cold and all that. Yeah, and when you have like, um, well, this is an interesting when people get high blood pressure. It's like one of the ways you can actually calm down hypertension is actually to, to have more water or to or celery celery lemon water the things like this that would be noticed because it thins the blood right so yeah. in of research i've shown so that water does that as well mm -hmm. um but it's interesting so okay i'm gonna give it a go i'm gonna drink less water and see how i feel um and see how i feel but getting up to pee in the night would actually be uh not getting up to pee in the night would actually be beneficial when do you stop 
drinking. Well, your what time is it now? It's eight o'clock. There would that be your last thing you have before you go to bed? It's nine o'clock. What? What's the last thing? That smoothie. Yeah, I usually have a smoothie before bed. Um, yeah, smoothie or just a couple of eggs before bed. Yeah, I don't. I never drink before bed. That's for sure. It's. Um, I'd have to be really thirsty. I'd have to have like not had enough hydration through the day by whatever means to need a drink before bed. But that's like basically never. So uh, it's. Um, yeah, it's. That's the thing. It's just we're not meant to get up to urinate during the night. You're meant to have an unbroken unbroken sleep so it's it's interesting you say that because i've seen research on both sides this is it's really i've seen previous research said that we're actually meant to sleep four hours have uh, an hour and then sleep another four to five hours it's really it's, it's this is the problem with it there's so many different things but i, I know what you mean getting up to no, in, in the evening just as you said like you look at things and go they're not drinking all that water like, it is an inconvenience and there's always research to prove other different things but um, well, it's usually a sign of you think about why the kidneys release or the bladder releases, it's due to stress. Somebody's stressed or in fear, they piss themselves. It's like that's literally the effect. That's what happens. So regardless of whether you're supposed to sleep four hours, get up, you're not supposed to get up to piss. If what you're talking about is the is I know what you're talking about. And they related that more to how people used to do. And mm. it was in hotter countries like Spain and that where they do a lot of their work at night because it's way too hot to do during the day. And so, um, yeah, and it's and it's valid, but it was more valid then when our bodies were less toxic and didn't need as much repair. All the growth and repair happens when you're asleep. And from the circadian rhythms, you know that between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. is where physical repair happens. 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. is where uh, psychological repair happens. So if you're breaking that up, you're missing out on some repair cycles. Wasn't that big of a deal back then. There was more nutrients in the soil, less stress in the environment, less stress everywhere. So it wasn't as big a deal. That's why I keep saying, you know, like things like Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine, they're great, but they were developed 5,000 years ago. They didn't have vaccines back then. They didn't have chemtrails. They didn't have a stupid lifestyle like Mm. we have. Our bodies are different now than they were then because of the stresses that we're exposed to. So their methods, while they still hold a lot of truth, they don't have a direct carryover to our bodies today in Western culture. That's why it's more important to be eating more raw food, where Ayurveda and traditional Chinese medicine both cook a lot of their foods for different properties. But it doesn't apply as much now because the raw foods primarily detoxify. And that's not something that they had an issue with. We do. And the same with the way that the the stress cycles are there. That's why sleep is so important now because of how much we're actually not getting in the first place and, and how unrestful our waking days are, even looking at these screens. They didn't have screens back then. This makes a huge difference to how our brain and our melatonin is being wired. So if you're getting up during the night, it's not it's not the same world it used to be. So a lot of these things, when people write these books or papers and it's like, did you know that this and that? And it's like, yeah, but dude, that was hundreds of years ago. Mm. It just doesn't apply now. Yeah. It's not the same world. So it's... Um, 100%. No, I do know I get an EMF, etc. There's many, many things. So, yeah, it's just why you've got to... No, 100% agree. So, is your, is your urine uh, generally clear or is it is it quite... No, no. It's always got colour in it, yeah. There's color, it's got to have colour in it. It's uh, it's It can't be dark or glow in the dark or uh, whatever, like looks like plutonium. It can't be like that. But if it's clear, it's uh, that's... That's you've got too much water in the system. It's washing away minerals and stuff. Mm. It's got to have some some. Uh, it's got to be a pale, basically pale yellow. It's got to be a pale yellow stream. So with this, I've got some raw apple cider vinegar in here. Okay, uh, and if yeah. I usually put some, I usually put some vulvic minerals in as well. That mm-hmm. structures the water. 
Yeah. I also put it in a in a flower of life carafe, which energetically structures the water. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's different. Good. So that's different to having just water at the time. I mean, and also my water's come it's filtered from the mains. I've got a, uh, and so it's very different to drinking normal water. Yeah. Yeah. It okay. is. Yeah. So that that absorbs what you're drinking absorbs way better than just plain water from a tap without the without the the uh, filtration, the additional additives and the structuring energetically, that's all making it more available to the body. Cool. And when you say people drink water and actually get more thirsty and want more water, why is that? It's, well, that's one of those uh, negative feedback loops. So it's like as you do that, then the body is expelling its water. It's stressing the system out. You get a dry mouth. You think you're thirsty. You keep drinking. Your mouth gets dry and you keep drinking. It's one of those feedback loops. So it's um, it's a stress reaction, essentially. Right. Same as when you get stressed. People get stressed. They're like, oh, fuck, I've got to do a speech. It's like, oh, fuck, I need some water. It's a, it's a stress reaction. Mm. So in the morning, after you've been asleep for eight hours, because I would say – if I went up to the mirror, if I went up to the mirror and held a mirror in front of my mouth and breathed out on it, that's condensation. So if you've been sleeping for eight hours and breathing out lots of condensation, when you wake up, I mean, lots of people I've worked with essentially say that when you wake up, your body's in that constricted uh, mode, like it's quite dehydrated. Do you have water then? When, when do you have your water or do you just have raw, raw foods? No, I have. Well, the first thing I have is uh, usually a vegetable juice, some kind of green juice like celery, zucchini parsley coriander and some lemon juice that's my favorite one so i usually have that and then 45 minutes to an hour later i'll have a solid meal so uh yeah i do start but you know i can vary that i can start the day on like meat and eggs and stuff and um and that's still primarily hydrating because the eggs are 85 90 probably 90 i think they're more than 90 percent water and the meat depending on the cut is 60 to 65 it's all raw so this is the thing is that i don't need the water because i eat all raw food so i'm getting a lot of water from the food when somebody has a primarily cooked and processed food diet they do need more fluids in the diet because it's not coming from the food that's the distinction mm -hmm. that's where yeah that's where the distinction is cool interesting all right man that's no, interesting i'll definitely be coming out. I've, I've, no, I've sort of noticed that as well with the the minerals you need to have you, you have to have water that's structured and you have to have minerals in it otherwise i mean the water is so depleted in minerals anyway I and mean, if people haven't had a tap you know they need to get filtered there's different things like that interesting the other one i see you do a video on was detoxing detoxification mm -hmm. which i thought was really interesting and i agree with so I mean, everything you say, I remember one of the, one of the girls, um, well, she's actually a friend, and she's like, oh, well, I just can't seem to get rid of this. Right? I was like, it's because you're chronically stressed, and also your body's probably trying to detoxify certain things at the moment. So you're chronically stressed, you're in survival mode, you're retaining water. It's probably doing it because it needs some fats there to keep the toxins that you've had come into your body so it can then start to extract them. You know, body wraps wraps toxins in fat um otherwise you know that they, they would destroy central nervous system and, and other nervous systems so it's really interesting but you got some good uh, feedback on that yeah yeah so that's um yeah look, there's a lot of misconceptions around it a lot of people think you need to starve yourself to detox but it's just not how the system works at all <laughs> it's no. like it's not a fast process the body can only let go of a certain amount of toxicity because it's toxic it can't just be freely can't just dump it all into the body it'll kill it. So the body will only let go of a small percentage every year. So you, therefore it takes time. Therefore you can't starve yourself over time. You have to feed your way to detoxify in the body and support the detoxification pathways in the body, which all require calories, 
nutrients, like high quality nutrients, that's what runs the pathways, not starving. So hmm. it's a bit backwards the way. Same thing, it's just everything's sold. It's like money making stuff. Just eat lemons, just starve yourself, just do this, just have water, just all this. It's all just money making stuff because it's really easy to take one thing and then analyze it a certain way and it makes it look like the best thing in the world. Like you and I could write a book if we teamed up called the turnip diet or something and like figure out all these reasons why turnips are just the number one food and it's all you need. Just do turnips for six months and you'll be healthy. And everyone will read it going, this is the best thing ever. Why haven't I ever thought of doing this? And then me and you are on an island somewhere just like, then we'll write our second book called You Guys Are a Bunch of Fucking Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> and then with a picture of us with our arms around each other on an island that we just bought from all the book sales. With a big turnip. Like you can do that. <laughs> Island shaped like a turnip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you can, you can, you can, no, you can do it. The thing is, with it, it's like the guy. John goes, oh, I know a guy who eats thirty bananas a day. It's like great. Go for it. See how it works out for you. Like some people can get away with being vegan. Most people can't. Yeah. Hey, some yeah. vegans. Why are you promoting this and that? I get in my inbox sometimes. It's like because it works for the most people. Being vegan yeah. for most people doesn't. And it's like, I, um, if it works for you, fantastic. But just keep an open mind enough when it stops working like it does for many people yeah. especially vegans think oh is it my diet and i've dealt with people probably you have as well i say what's more important to you being healthy or being vegan they said being vegan i was like cool well you're not for me then because i'm interested in you being the healthy yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. um but it's really interesting when you say about the detoxification pathways because most people don't realize that most pe- people's bodies hasn't even got enough nutrients to detoxify yeah and they, need to, they need the nutrients in it to pull things out um to chill yeah. out of the cells yeah. and this is why you said that the raw saturated fats are really important and then you've got mm-hmm. things you know like i mean algae or greens etc they do certain they pull certain things lemon water um all these uh, and i mean fasting any animal in the wild that gets ill they go and fast because they just mm-hmm. just want to get their body to reset but they're, they're they're doing it they're doing it for a different way for detoxifying them well it's, it's a way of detoxifying it's a way of it's a way of resetting, but the animals have also been eating so many nutrient dense foods and been living in accordance with Mother Nature. It's very different yeah. to what people are doing in our world, right? I mean, they're eating. Yeah. It's like one of my friends got a dog and she feeds it sometimes like carrots and blueberries and stuff like that. I'm like, you can't be feeding that thing blueberries. Like, <laughs> it's like, have you seen that Joe Rogan thing about? Have you seen ever seen that? Oh, he's got no. a fucking fantastic bit called Vegan Cat. He's like. He was out hunting once and he caught an elk and he was like, look at this elk. And he put a uh, hashtag vegan. And he was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And uh, he said, I've never had such vile, uh, retroviral abuse from such loving, kind people. And he yeah. said, one, some, one, one woman put on his thing, um, one woman put on his thing, I hope you die, your children die, and your wife dies in front of your eyes. And he's like, mm, I wonder what this lovely person's <laughs> doing. So he, clicked on, he clicked on her page. yeah, And he's like, well and he saw this hashtag like she had a cat it's like hashtag vegan cat he's like what's this he's like i thought it'd be like people that are vegans that that feed like they're people that are vegans that have cats it's like no no no. these are people that think it's a good idea to feed their cat vegan food and he goes after this show you will go home and you will put in hashtag vegan cat and you will see thousands of cats that look like they've been living on a gas plant for the last six years like all that did you see that yeah. as a cat and it sees a squirrel it's like does that sort of thing it's like i remember it's like it's they want to eat and you said like he's got he says he's got these gmo cats that have never actually seen any sort of squirrel before he says he's at the window one of them and it sees a squirrel pass and it just starts with that thing like 
old ways. It's like, <laughs> you need to see this sketch. It's hilarious. I was literally wetting myself. It's so true. Yeah, right. And I gave her, the, and I bought some lamb the other day, and I, I gave her, her dog this, this lamb, and he was just like, in, uh, basically almost like, he almost wet himself, how excited he was. He didn't sound yeah. like, this is where, he, I mean, to be fair, she feeds him other good stuff as well. But I was just saying, yeah. I had some raw lamb. I was like, this is what he's meant to eat. He said, oh, but yeah. they can eat this and that. I was like, well, where's he going to pick berries in the in the wild? Where's he, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All these animals, they can feed. Where's, where's he going to pick berries? Or yeah, people... squishing it with his paw to see yeah. how ripe it is. Oh, yeah. that one's good. Yeah, exactly. It's like, same with, with cats and people, like, whatever they feed them. Like, where are they getting this in the wild? When people feed ducks, bread. They're like, what's a duck's yeah. feet? It's like, when do they pop down the shop to get a loaf in the mm. wild? Like, what are you on about? They eat bugs. Like, that's what yeah. they eat. And you're sitting there feeding them a loaf of bread. But anyway, this is a certain thing people just, because they've been so brainwashed to thinking like this is what people eat, you know? Yeah. And people don't realise how much dog food and things like that are just full of, I mean, I went to the vets once and looked at the bag that they recommended people to have. And I was like, I wouldn't feed this to my worst enemy, let alone my best my best friend that's my dog, for example. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It's just so bad. They do it because it's the same as the pharmaceutical model. Like that makes the animals need to go in for veterinary care and they keep them on, on uh, drugs and stuff regularly and then but the funny thing is though even vets who a lot of the time actually are just you know i'm sure they got into it because they care about animals that's definitely the case but they get brainwashed by their training and think that dogs need worming this and parasite that and just all this crap and the food that science diet food for the dogs is like that's not what dogs eat but even they say do like they get so many people they get upset because of the animal abuse that constitutes feeding cats vegan diets and they get so many cats coming and they're like dude are you feeding this thing meat and they're like no it's like you can't feed a cat a vegan diet like vets are saying that and it's like of course you can't you see have you ever seen a cat catch a bird right rips it i mean it's like that bird's got an hour to live as rogan said only because it's going to play with it for 59 minutes first yeah <laughs> yeah before it then devours it and like crunches it yeah. i've seen i've my mate i used to work with he used to have two bengal cats and he used to see what they come out like it's like these things if they eat raw meat i couldn't feed it raw meat it's like why not that's what you would eat in, in the wild what do you think it's like it's just madness and um no you're 100 right like cats are yeah cats <laughs> cat feeding it cucumber and blueberries and yeah. cranberries like it's just fucking mental yeah. it's like it, just, it is it, mental but that's the thing it's a mental it is a mental disease like it's and fair enough you know some people do veganism and it's like just their thing it's not what everyone else has to do they don't project it onto their pets it's just like no nah, i want to be vegan and i can't argue with that it's like they're not I, i'm not going to tell them anything different because yeah. that's like yeah. it's it's their path and it's their path you can't argue somebody's experience in their path it's just when people have it as this trauma part of their pain body of the ego just latches on to like animals or this or that and everything has to be about that. But it's all coming from trauma and pain. It's not coming from feeling nature and God and everything else. It's only coming from trauma and pain. And so it's just – and it's projected. It's always projected out. And that's why people – It's that's it. It's like – that's why that Rogan bit's so funny because it's like how how – vile are these people in their words towards other humans when you would think that the whole idea of being vegan is to be more loving and more caring and things like that but it's not the case in most cases most vegans are militant they're very militant and about it's a it's a dogmatic eating disorder that's a religion it's the same as criticizing uh, somebody's faith in 
uh, Krishna or Allah or hundred percent Jesus. It's like trying to tell a Christian to become a Jew or a Jew to become a a, a Muslim if you tell them something different. And it's like I don't see carnivore people in carnivore out there uh, caning. Uh, vegans generally they've been attacked first it's suited the other way around and this is why I, say, I don't care what you do go and do what you want to do if it's working for you fantastic but it's when it doesn't work for a lot of people and they don't look at what's actually going on uh, and it's like you, you I mean you've read dr weston price you know the only tribes who didn't eat meat were ones that wasn't readily available uh, and yeah. there's got to be a lot of meat sometimes it's just can be sometimes some eggs or whatever it is but it makes a world's difference yeah. like their vegan poster boy tim sheaf had a vegan clothing line had everything he was like that and he's he was in such a pickle he was like doing urine therapy every day he was trying everything he could to try and stay healthy and he finally ate some salmon and some and some roe and he was like oh my god changed his life he had a point he had a lot of things yeah, going on uh did you know about this story no tim chief yeah he does, and he's like and they all caned him and like, criticized him for like literally vile abuse and he's like so i want me to stay vegan because even though it's destroying my health it's like what where's your where's your compassion for humans so yeah. it's like people think like it's a big thing. Like, I prefer that animals to humans. It's like cool if you want to say that, but like you know, I, I quite like humans. I, yeah. I, I quite like. We everybody. are animals too. Yeah, yeah, I like. I like. <laughs> yeah, I like. I like everyone. In sense, I don't understand why you've got compassion for one thing. It's, it's almost like I sometimes find it's a little bit like um, spiritual arrogance or whatever they want to call it. Like it's almost like yeah. I, I prefer this because humans. But not all humans are like that. You know, it's, it's like demonizing a dog because they're attacked. It's like, no, we're not all dogs like that. Not all animals, you know, it's just like, yeah. this, is, this is the thing with it. But no, it's interesting. So, and to get back back on that, man, just for people out, people out there, because it's, it's an interesting topic. With the with the detoxification, because um, I say this to people, like you may sometimes go through a healing crisis or a hex reaction, you know, you call it. And a lot of people think things aren't working when in fact they are. And yeah. you said you went through some sores under your arms, and I've been through. I mean, you know what? I actually had one cut the other day. I actually had shingles come up. Funny, yeah. I was going through thing. I, I had it here on my, on my wrist and here, mm-hmm. and that's just where I'd been just cleaning the body. My body actually pulled it out, and it was from actually I think a parasite released it. I've been tapped into kinesiology, and it was not for me. It wasn't contagious. Can't come out. I was like, mm, interesting. I must be doing some good stuff. Where I've actually got even mm-hmm. other years um, of things that I've gone through, but that's still coming out. Yep. Where I'm getting yep. through different layers, yep. um, and so people and I didn't have any pain with it. It wasn't anything like that. And uh, but people can go, oh, you know, I feel a bit worse, or getting a headache, or get a skin discharge, or, and that's all part of it, right? Yeah, it's all good stuff. Any discharge from the skin, any rash, any mucus that comes out of you, um, any foul things that come out of your bum, it's like that's all good stuff. All of it's good because it's the body expelling. It's uh, it's yeah, headaches. That's a good sign. All of it's good, yeah. Yeah, and because you, you, you've been through it as well. I remember you saying you had it with your skin quite a few lesions and stuff, and and it's something that people sometimes they think, yeah they stop <laughs> because they think it's not working when in fact it is. You had said you had burns in your underneath your arms. That were burns that came out from that was mercury coming out from the gland. Uh, this is where your lymph nodes are, or some of them mm-hmm. under the arms. That was, that was mercury had uh, had burns. There's lymph nodes there. You got a few. Yeah. You got here, yeah. here. You got some around here. Then you got some in your groin. Did you? Because I always got like um, sore throats and glands up here, and that was a thing for my brain as well for mercury. My my like my mum had a mouth of mercury. I think it was yeah. uh, pretty sure that like there's quite a lot of I mean fat in the brain, so I think heavy metals in the brain is quite quite common. common. So it yeah, comes, comes out through your lymphs in your neck a lot of the time. You get quite susceptible to sore throats uh, when I was younger. 
um and yeah it's, it's, it's interesting like certain things doing that but yeah a lot of people so you had those sores and um how long did they last for you think you said a couple of weeks yeah three weeks about a month in total actually yeah, yeah. uncomfortable yeah. yeah yeah really painful really uncomfortable but i was i was loving it still just because i knew what it was i knew mm. it was that shit leaving the body so i was like fuck yeah this is awesome mm. <laughs> except for the pain that was a bit annoying but what, what was your diet like generally during that time uh well really good that's the thing the diet was helping to speed that up and to um arrest the additional toxicity what was it what was it mainly though was it having more saturated fats uh, mostly mostly more raw meats raw eggs raw dairy mostly those with vegetable juice in there and maybe one piece of fruit a day in the afternoon yeah. Yeah. mostly one, that one piece of fruit a day in the afternoon what was what was your fruit you were having papaya or pineapple yeah it's uh bond uh, plants got a big proponent of that isn't he one piece of fruit a day I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think he ate a bit more than that, but um, for me, it's just, uh, it's just, it's not, it wasn't, it's not like a logical thing. It's just like I just sometimes feel like a bit of fruit. But like in the last few months, I haven't eaten any fruit, mm. so it was just like I was going through my body at that time. It was just like I want some fruit. While I was going through that, the burns and stuff, my body wanted some fruit. So uh, it was, uh, and I wanted that tropical fruit. It's just that there's got a lot of enzymes in it. That might have been the reason. Yeah. So you got the the uh, bromelain and the um whatever the one is in papaya. I yeah, papaya. So papaya's got a lot. Yeah, papaya's got a lot. Of it. It's, it's, it's funny. Yeah, it's um it's funny. Like, I mean, and also the papaya, the, the actual seeds, if you blend them up, they're very antiviral. Um, yeah, uh, parasitic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah anti-parasitic. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. So this is like it's but it's funny when people like sometimes they just eat because they feel that like they need to eat for. Um, or that they think, oh, I haven't had this today, and I need to have this today. Where it's like, if you just listen to your body, a lot of the time it will tell you what it wants. And yeah. as you said you haven't eaten fruit for a while. Is that mm-hmm. do, is that because you've been in the winter, and as you go into summer, you maybe need some more? Like, do you, do you feel like I, that? I, yeah, I, I yeah. get that sometimes with the, with the seasons. What I, I always feel yeah. like in the, in the summertime, I always have a lot more salads than I would in the winter. Yeah, yeah, that's really common too. Yeah, and now that when I think about it, yeah, so that happened when it was hot. I know, I remember. So that was basically coming out of the summer or into the summer last year. So now we're just coming into the summer this year. So it was like nearly a year ago, and it was hot, and so that's one of the reasons. Yeah. So through the winter year, I basically haven't eaten any fruit. Mm. I can't even. I don't think I've eaten eaten any. I don't think I have. Months, been months, I haven't eaten any fruit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's like, and that, that just shows, right, just listening to your body, what you, you're doing. Um, so, no, it's an interesting one. That, if anyone hasn't listened to it, but you've got, you get a lot of people on, on, on the detoxification of things, they don't realise, but it's just getting people to eat healthier and just to live like that more holistic lifestyle will allow their body to go through that process. But yeah. um, it's, it's an interesting one about water, my man, and, uh, and about detoxification. The other one I see you did a, a good video on, we touched on it slightly, was uh, on masculinity and the, and the feminine, which is something that we can oh, yeah. have a little. But that, that feels like it's, it's, it's been, I mean, different things. I mean, I'll just, just off the top of my head just go through, like, things that have, have changed. I mean, even in the vaccines, they've put in certain um, – chromosomes right so certain certain dna so it affects people's chromosomes so mm-hmm. like uh, the female can get an extra um i think it was a masculine one and, and and vice versa what was the i'm trying to think what it was but then also the chemicals they're putting on foods that affect the higher levels of estrogen and affect the mas- yep. masculine um yep. medication or, and that then goes in the water supply people were drinking affects mm-hmm. the masculine um 
uh, what was it? What else is it? Um, sprays, perfumes, deodorants, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, hair products. Um, and then, and then, and then just like demonizing anything that, that is massively weird, but all those things add up and all of a sudden you've got like this, and also that the society pressures about what it takes to be you know, strong. I don't know about you, Tom, but I have a lot of single mums follow me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, I'm always like, just a little bit like, did not feel sorry for them, but I'm a little bit like, what's happened here? Why is there so many single mums now? Is it a society thing? Like, obviously you went with like, with, what with the wrong person, or did they sell you the sell you this thing that you don't need a partner? Because all research shows that you know children that are raised by two parents, it's, it's much better for them mentally, emotionally. It's not a yeah. It's not a. a uh, uh, derogatory thing on, on single mothers, single parents at all, but it's just showing what research. You know, having a mum and a dad there all the time is going to do that. What do you what do you think? Like, I mean, showing women they don't need men as well, and, and how they can be strong. Like, is there's a few things at play here, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. I mean, my, well, I know some girls that look at who follows me, and they say you've got a lot of a lot of uh, single mum followers. Mm. They have the same. Looking for a strong but, alpha male um, character, right? Yeah. Looking for a strong think, character. Yeah, I think that um, what happens is it's partly the societal engineering in the first place where things happen quite quick and then just things fall apart. People don't understand why it's falling apart because they haven't understood the the real dynamics in the first place. So um, there's a, I mean, I don't know, this is probably. To go into that, it's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different ways that 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 happens. But yeah. see, a lot of the women they do want a man. It's not just because they think that they can do everything. They don't need a man in their life. They do want it, but it's like they just got involved with a guy that's not really not really the right guy. And then also though, it's just kind of like I don't know why people think that. See, I've I won't say too much because I can't give out names or anything. But there's a girl I've been talking to recently about. We started out talking a lot about monogamy. And she really didn't like the fact that I didn't think it's a real natural thing to have. And then she just assumed that I'm totally against it. And I said, no, I'm just against it as a as a rule, as a rule that is a fence post that you fence in a relationship or love or whatever without it first, being without it getting that way organically. And I see that as one of the primary reasons that people break up is because they put all these expectations and rules and edicts and dogma in place, which makes it impossible to live up to. Therefore, there's tension and resentment and it just breaks the relationship up. And uh, and also in society, you know, we have this thing where we have what's it called a secular family or whatever. And it's like that's not natural. Before, when we you could you could have a baby with somebody. If you didn't really love them, it didn't matter because the kid was raised by brothers, sisters, cousins, aunts, uncles and elders. You know, our society, we put this great deal of pressure on raising a kid because now it's my kid. You don't tell my kid what to do. My kid has its own TV, its own phone, its own microwave, its own air conditioner. We have our own car and our own this. It's just like, well, how is this world working out for everyone? Because that's not the natural way. We're a tribal species. We're supposed to be raised by everybody. That's why the indigenous cultures were always so successful until white people went and shot them all and injected them with diseases. (laughs) So it's like, and then put in the colonial ways which is this secular thing it's a it's a line in the sand and those lines break everything apart so that's why there's a lot of single women that are single mothers that just um yeah either they had fairy tale fantasies and the guy was like dude i don't think you get this or the guy was just had 
you know, his own ideas of what it was and didn't know how to really commit to loving somebody and, and raising a kid and just pissed off because it was scary. You know, it's, it's always both sides. It's not just one. It's always men. It's always women. It's not – it's like no, everyone's no, playing as well. Cool shit. And, uh, yeah. Well, monogamy is like um, – I'm, I'm with you. It's like it's not – it, people put a lot of pressure. It's hard, right, because – I mean, this is the thing, like, men and women are different. So it's, I think Bill Burr talks about this. He's got a really good sketch on it, actually, about a Schwarzenegger. He's like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's right, though, right? He's like, what, all these great men. He says, we're losing all these great men. He's like, what, the guy, literally nothing but net for four decades yeah, for in a row. Years. He's, he's <laughs> like, that was a layup. <laughs> That's a layup. <laughs> well, I can't do that. But people don't, if people don't know what he's talking about here, go and watch, put, type in Bill Burr on a Schwarzenegger. Uh, you know, see what we're talking about. But it's like, because you don't know, women don't know what it's like to have a, a penis between their legs. It's very, very different, yeah, to having like, we're made to have our seed around everywhere, and women are meant to find like a partner they can create, like, or just someone to support. That's why they're attracted to different things. Like, we're attracted to like youth and, and vitality, and, like, and just like, you know, just like, we, we, we don't, for example, I talk about this in hypergaming, right? Women generally marry a cross or up. They marry men that are on the same level as them or higher than them. Mm. Women, men wouldn't care if, if they met someone in Hooters, for example. You know, they don't care because they're not looking for different things. And this is why society is mad, saying we're, looking, we're all the same. It's like, no, we're really not. And, like, mm. men generally, their, their sexual peaks are about 35 to 45 because they know who they are. They've got more money, more security. They're the most financially stable. Women's a lot younger because, you know, that, that once again, that, that youth in their, the childbearing years, it's very, very different. As much as society might want to tell us, oh, that's not fair, I don't care. Nature doesn't really care about if you think things are fair or not. It's just the way it is, you know. It's why you see men that are richer and older with these young women because, you know, they go for different things and we're set out for that genetically. It doesn't matter what you're doing. We release certain hormones and pheromones and, and it's like that's what it is. You can try and make around with nature, but it doesn't work. And it's white monogamy. It's like people go, oh, he's a cheat, he's this, he's that. It's like, no, he's a man. Uh, and and trying to take that out of him is actually like Western, trying to take a lot of masculine um, things out of men. It's westernizing or feminizing men like it's in a man that w wants to i mean tr most men you say patrice you don't know patrice o'neill he's got he's got a great one for this patrice o'neill but he's like having men work with women it's like um having <laughs> i've got loads of female listeners they'll be, they'll be, they know that i love them to pieces and i love women but it's like having men work with having men work with women you know women coming all dressed up looking fantastic smelling great it's like having salmon dipped with honey working with grizzly bears and it's like, it's like, it's like, hey, grizzly bears. And they're like, hur, hur. and it's like, what are you on about? It's like, it's like because in the day, men are, are, are like that. It's different, right? And yeah. and it's, it's how we react differently. And so monogamy is a hard one for me because obviously you want you want your woman to, to be, well, no, so you want your woman to be monogamous, but it's not nice thinking about women being monogamous. But as a man, you can always see, see like, it's, it's hard. if they grow into it, if you meet someone you like them, it, it's, it's not nice thinking of your partner with someone else. But it's also like for a lot of time for men, it can just be like live masturbation, right? I mean, it's not even like they want anything else. It's just like different. Whereas I think women might get this as well, but it's it's a different. Um, well, different a lot of women are, are a lot more rampant than men, it's, or equally so. It's like the way well the way it works though is that uh, biologically a man can legit love equally many women, but women in general they're happy with just one guy. It's like a biological thing. But see, the last two girls I was with, we had open relationships and they were they were free to go and see whoever they wanted. I didn't care because it's like I don't get jealous. Like I don't have any insecurity. As long as when they come back to me, 
they they look at me with the same love and affection and desire and there's not a turning of the back and that energy is going somewhere else. They don't care what they're off doing. It doesn't make any difference to me because that love and everything is still there to the point where the, my last girlfriend was um, a lot younger than me. And then I always said to her, there's the experiences in your life that you're going to need. And if you stay with me for 10 or 20 years and you miss out on some of those, there's going to be some level of resentment in your life that you missed out on some things because of rules that either you made or I made or you, you we bought into. So I always said, if you come across somebody that has, there is some spark there and it's not a, it's not a, um, a, uh, what's the word? Oh, it's pr- promiscuous. It's not a promiscuity thing where you're just like just bouncing onto anything or just go take a bun- bunch of drugs and fuck some guy down the road. It's like, if you come across some guy where there's another spark of life that you recognize, I want you to have that experience. Because that is going to make you a more whole individual. You're going to learn how to love better. And therefore, you're going to be a better person. You're going to be happier. And you're going to be able to love me more, which is going to make me happier. So why would I want to contain you and keep you away from those experiences when if I love something, I want to, I want it to be as beautiful as possible? And if that means having an experience with some guys here and there, again, not a promiscuity thing, but a genuine loving experience then I want you to have that because I think it makes everything better. So there's no – I think jealousy is one of the most disgusting human traits there is. I it's hate not, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm really not a jealous person, and I'm very – if I'm with someone, I'm very secure that I don't ever think that they're going to – it doesn't even come to mind that they want someone else. But I would find that hard to, 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 to think about my girlfriend doing certain things with someone else. That would – Find that hard. That's not even a genetic thing. That's probably it's an ego thing. Obviously, it is. But that I would find that hard. Also, I'm a little bit like I've worked very hard on my health. I don't know what this other guy's got. You're doing things with him. That's, I'm but that's where the that's where the promiscuity thing is. That that's where that stuff's an issue because that's actually attracted by a certain level. That's all attracted on an, on an energetic level. So um, what it means is that if she's the right girl, she's not going to be promiscuous in doing these things with guys that are just that's the wrong if you think in terms of energies she's not going to be around the wrong energies she's going to be around the shining kind of energy that's only going to benefit her she's going to maintain her health it's not yeah and you just wouldn't be with somebody that was like a slapper in the first place if you value yourself and your health you're not around you're just not around somebody like that you do not attract that unless you got really low self-esteem or something you're not attracting that you're with somebody who who honors that in themselves and in you, and they'll because they honor it in themselves and they're they're like you know operating at a higher level. They're not around any guys that can offer them chlamydia or whatever. You know, they're only around guys that are also clean and healthy. It's just an energetic. <laughs> was it was it you said that? No, it turns out a lot of people have got herpes. <laughs> not me though. I don't have herpes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, uh, it's true it's like well how do you catch herpes then so like, well yeah it's uh it's it's funny but uh, no i do get that it's it, that is that is true it's not but for a man even for a man for you for example you say that and this is the other thing like people are, we are so different men are set up to they can love more than mine women generally don't they want to have that one secure person some some do not not all but most most do it most do it's why 
they've tried to make like being a stay-at-home mum like a bad thing they can have it all it's like yeah. there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mum that's one of the best things that you can it be it's very one of, yeah very honorable like teaching kids how to how to be like better people or, or good people that's i mean it doesn't that's where society's gone wrong right because mm-hmm. there's no one teaching these kids what to do and they're looking for adults that to, to, to and that's what you said before the family just why before the government couldn't do so much either because you had like the nuclear family where it's like any of the mafia families back in the day, the government couldn't even infiltrate them because the family was so powerful, they couldn't get in. And when you start yeah. selling things like promiscuity and, and, and all these things that basically take away from the family unit, a lot of strength goes. And that's what's happened now. Right? We, they divide and conquered us so much, black, white, rich, poor, you know, whatever it is, and then it's easy to infiltrate us. So when we're more as a, as a unit. But it's interesting what you said there about them picking out that for you, would you only so would you only go with, with a sexual partner that's quite um, healthy themselves into health? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like promiscuous myself. Like I'm really picky when it comes to women. Like even like the ones when I used to live on the Gold Coast, which is majority fake boobs, fake hair, fake everything. It's like most of them I did not find attractive one bit. It's like there's nothing about that that resonates as something that I'm attracted to. Mm. And um, I'm the same with that. It's, yeah, so I've been, um, yeah, like I've got mates that have slept with hundreds and hundreds of girls and I've been with barely any, but the quality of what I've been with, they can't understand when they've got all these stories about the girl, all these girls they've slept with, but there's nothing great about any of it. The, the quality of the sex, the quality of the interaction, what they took away from it. And they can't understand the, this, they can't understand the love that I still have from the girls that I've been with that still send me stuff and still tell me that they love me and still all this sort of stuff. And from like years and it's uh it's just a completely different dynamic than what other people i think experience um and it's because it's because there's something else i'm not looking for what other people are looking for other guys just in general and there's like a completely different dynamic there and um and it's it's uh it's not a promiscuity it's like for me i can't I won't just have sex with a girl because she's got like a great set of tits or a great ass or something it's like i have to feel something which sounds really gay and feminine, but it's like, you know what I mean? It's like I have to feel something. Otherwise, I'm not actually that interested. There's yeah. got to be something. There's got to be some kind of love. And to the point I've never been – well, I stopped drinking when I was young, but I've never been drunk and made out or had sex with a girl ever. Every, every time I've ever been affectionate and intimate with a girl, I've been, like, completely lucid and present. No drugs, no alcohol, no nothing. And um, and a lot of people can't say the same. The first time they ever hook up with someone, even if it's the person they married, it happened when they were drunk or something. They were like it, something, you know, for a lot of people. And I've, I've never had that. It's always been very like, uh, yeah, hard. Yeah, it's just. But, you know, Paul Check has two wives. Mm. I don't know. People think he's a cult leader because of it. It's like, <laughs> it's like he's a cult leader. It's like, well, no, yeah. he just understands. He just understands that the paradigms that we put ourselves in the Western world are pretty much like nonsense. Because people are like, oh, you can't have two wives. It's like, oh, but you can all marry someone uh, and then go and cheat on with them with sixteen people. But that's okay because because you keep it quiet. Or you know, you marry someone when you're 25, and by the time you're 35, you're a different person. You've got two kids with him, you don't like him anymore, and then you've got and then you've got another family, another family. It's like, well, what makes you right? Just because society thinks that that's the way to do things, it doesn't seem to be working very well. So a lot of people mm-hmm. I know that get married later in life is much better because they actually know who the hell they are, rather yeah, than just yeah. like running into things, having kids with someone. Then I mean, I've got friends that are already divorced and had kids with people they hate, and I'm like, I'm so lucky that I'm not in that situation. And I'm 34. Yeah. 
yeah. they didn't even know who I was until I was like 30, 30 31, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? And then, and then yeah. like men are very different to that. That's why we, they, what we've been coming for us as well, because men that are older have a different presence about them. They actually know who the fuck they are. Um, yeah. and, and I'm not afraid to put things out in the world. Same as you, you know, afraid to talk about certain things. Um, whereas, um, yeah, a lot of people don't. And it's all, you said before, based on, it's like this whole Instagram. I, I use Instagram and social media for a purpose. I use it to put information out and to, and to get a tribe and to, to do that. When I look at some of the things that come up, it's just like it's all such fucking bullshit. Like uh, when it comes to like just people, it's, it's basically like glossy magazines a lot of it sometimes, right? Like we're just looking at the celebrities. And it's like it's a big problem when people know who, for example, I've never ever watched an episode of it, but people talk, talk about it all the time, like Kardashians or whatever it is. So it's just completely like not even my realm to even watch anything like that and people know that who these people are i don't even i can't even is it kim kardashian i think it is the people know who kim kardashian is but they don't know that vaccine companies have paid over 35 billion pounds in damages that's a problem yeah do you know what i mean yeah. that's a big thing yeah. and, and that's and it's that that's but unfortunately the, the reason that they that goes on in the world is because we buy it so when people say, oh, why is the world like this? It's like, well, because people lap it up and the market's there for it. And if the market wasn't there for it, they wouldn't fucking produce it. And as you said, yeah. like that, if you stop fucking buying into this bullshit, you stop buying, stop buying chemical crap food and you start buying organic food instead, you start mm-hmm. you know, buying into companies that actually do good, good and etc. That's how we change the world, really. And this is why I don't really do politics, but if I went on any side, I'd be much more conservative than I am, um, conservative in certain ways. Then I am just like the socialist where they look at like they want to change the world. I believe about changing yourself first. It comes from yeah. you, you know. And it's we said like people are activists back in the day. It's like they always look at what's going on with the world outside. It's like well, what about you? Make the change in here. And if people do that, that's how we change a society, you know. And unfortunately, more people are, don't want to change themselves. They want to just try and change everything else. It's like mm. Jordan Peterson talks about you know make your own bed first, uh, which is thing. But it's interesting to talk about that with. Um, with monogamy, my man, and sexual partners. You've got a new relationship right now, haven't you? Yeah, I started, yeah, started one now. And the thing is, too, it's like I, I wrote it in my book. I, when I talk about monogamy, I don't say that it's bad or wrong per se. It's just that getting into it as a rule and you just you get into involved in someone, you just throw that in there. It's like it's not, it's not natural because the way it works, like the girl that I'm seeing now I can be monogamous with, the reason is is that, she there's there's many different levels on on the way we interact with everybody like you and I can become really good mates but there's certain levels that we may not ever connect on and so what I find is that when you find somebody that you connect on on basically every level like mentally emotional physically spiritually everything in between all these subtle levels then essentially they become they have this luster they're like full vibrant color and everyone else around, even if they're scantily clad bikini girls and whatever, they just no, no, no. don't have that same level of luster. But if you've got a girl and every other girl you look at is just like equally bright and equally, it's like maybe this girl's not the one. And if you just throw yourself into it and commit to it because that sounds like a good idea or whatever, that's not a wrong thing to do. But I think you're always going to find desires for other other uh, women because it's just not – and there's an, and women are the same. Like I, I – I know how uh, women are as well because they tell me. Mm. Like I got uh, there was a long, quite a long period where I went just not understanding women. I was like, I got to understand women more. So I just kind of like just I, that's how I learned a lot about masculinity was from women. They kind of taught me about themselves and about what they wanted out of guys and all that. And I learned a lot from just talking to women. 
And when you find out, when they know they can trust you and you don't go blabbing your mouth and that, you know, they can connect with you and trust you, they tell you everything. They tell you all the dirtiest stuff. And like, man, you're like so much more filthy than any guy. I've never heard anything come out of a guy that matches that. It's coming out of your mouth right now. The desires they have, the dirtiness that they have, the amount of sexual um, energy oh, and vigor that they have. Like 80%, when, is it? 80% have like rape fantasies, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like it's like they'll only divulge that in the company of a man who respects it and who uh, who values them and who is a man. It's like they won't tell that to like a wimpy guy or a guy who just wants something from him, like a, a gorilla kind of guy who just wants to bang everything. They're not going to tell him that, and they just they're not going to. There's only certain guys they'll tell that to, and um, and you find out how much they don't really want monogamy either. Unless it's like people know when they find it and it's a natural thing. And then it's it's the most natural thing in the world. You don't have to yeah. put rules and fences in place because it's just it's nature. Yeah. You want to dedicate and devote to this one individual because there's a higher there's a higher purpose to it. There's like you will both grow to become greater people because there's this it's like a whatever it is. I can't even really describe it, but there's a higher sense to the whole thing. It's not yeah. just like. Yeah, we can get a house. We can pop out a couple of kids. We can get a mortgage. How's that sound? I'll ha- we can have we can have, we both have jobs. Get two cars. How good would that be? It's like none of that sort of stuff. And then yeah, let's have sex once a month after we have kids, and we'll schedule it in six o'clock on Fridays. That's our night. <laughs> oh mate, that that sounds fucking awful to me. And that sounds like, like I'd rather kill myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why people look sometimes like when I was like I get it sometimes. So why? When are you going to settle down? When you do this, it's like, well, when I find the right girl, like I'm yeah. not settling for someone just because what you, because you've got a couple of kids or you think that people should be doing that at that age. It's like, no, that's why most people in society are divorced and and, and not happy. I do things differently. I've got my own business, my own job. I like to, do, yeah. I, I do things very differently. I like to have conversations that I know where I'm going with things. I've got different goals and I don't do things like society. Does. Same as you, my man. Like, you know, it's just like, I found quite early, uh, luckily, luckily enough, I had my awakening when I was young because I was ill, but I found quite early that when society goes right, go left because yeah, most yeah. people are happy that way. And so that's right. As you said, like, oh, I've done all this and i got all that. And they're like, well, I'm not actually fulfilled. I'm not actually happy. Like one of the things that my job and things like that does me fulfill is and I've got purpose, which is, is huge. But also like finding the right girl, it's, it's why, as you said, it becomes easy to be monogamous with the right person. And yeah. when you're with that person, no one else in the room even matters because yeah. You only care about them, which is There's huge. like a world that only – there's like between your eyes and theirs, there's this world that is completely separate from the rest of the world, and you can enter that world any time, and it's a it's something you're directly devoted to. And you'll always – men just – I don't know, any women listening to this, men are always going to find other women beautiful. And if they don't, they're neutering themselves, and you're going to find them less attractive because there's a quality of a man that can't – if a woman – finds a man that she likes and then, then she like puts a fence around him like he's a stallion or something and fences him in. It's like you are not going to be attracted to that guy anymore because you've oh. tamed him and you are attracted to his untamed adventurous nature. So you will actually won't be attracted to him so anymore. True. So, so you true. want him to love you and not turn your back on him, but you don't want to tame him. You want him to maintain that sense of adventure and the masculinity. Otherwise you're going to get bored with him, like literally. And then so same yeah, and the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. And then a guy is always going to see, and I've had this talk to this girl, like I've explained it and she understands it and she likes it. And it's like, I'm always going to find other women beautiful and I'll always let them know with my eyes that I think they're beautiful and that I adore them and I appreciate their beauty, but it's not going to be a turning of my back on her 
because it's like it's like the sun or the moon. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop looking at the moon or a flower or a child smiling and find the beauty in that. But you know, I'm not gonna pretend. Oh no, no, the moon. I don't like that anymore because I've got I've got a wife now. So mm. I, as if you're gonna do that, you, you're literally neutering yourself if you do that. So a, a woman needs to understand, and a man needs to understand that too. That your partner is always gonna find other things attractive and beautiful, but it's not a turning of the back on the one that you love. There's a difference. You can feel when someone turns you back. I, I explained this to my friend too, that um, I used to go tango dancing with this girl who was from, uh, forget where she was from. Where's Amsterdam? Holland. She was from Holland, Holland I think. Yeah. And um, and she, uh, we'd go dancing and it's like we had this really strong connection. And it didn't matter who we were dancing with around the room because tango is quite uh, intimate Touchdown. and close. And, mm. Yeah, you're going all around the room, but every now and then we just glance. And even though we're like embraced with somebody else and we catch each other's eyes and you just feel it from across the room. So it, it, at no point were we disconnected. Even if we're, we're, we're in concert with somebody else, very intimately connected, our connection is never broken. Even if our backs are turned to each other, we can still feel each other. And then we come back around a few dances later, we're back together again and it's just even stronger than it was before because you have never broken that. But what people don't like, is when the back is turned. They go dance with somebody else and they, they they disconnect that connection. It goes and you can feel it. So it's not the fact that people are dancing with others or they're admiring somebody else's beauty. It's that the connection is severed because they've turned their back. As long as you don't turn your back and sever the connection, you can dance or look at, dance with or look at anyone else in the room, thousands of people. But if that connection is maintained, then it's honoured and there's no like straying. You know, like the way we consider cheating is a real uh it's just it's a bit backwards it's uh it's that disconnection so it's interesting i want to get to that for the treating bit just because you're, you're there but it, what you said about men being well there's always a, it's like when you look at listen to the thin things like um spiritually like people have like connections from heart to heart or like people like build these invisible connections to people like that's why people say like be um worry about like sexual partners and stuff because you have a connection with them but you talk about that men being that's massive like i delved in it myself like talking to women but also there's lots of research one of the got books was like by the superior man uh, and he's also got another one for women and also had to be a three percent man by Corey way and you talk about this and it's like it's one of the best analogies i ever ever heard with this is like women are like the wind okay the wind can blow but men are like the mountain the mountain stays still and the wind can blow the mountain because like women i want you to become i see it all the time with my men it's like there was a there's a great thing on instagram actually it's like no context sport and there's one way <laughs> you know who chris eubank is He's, no, uh, I know the name. Yeah, he's a, he's a former like middleweight heavy, heavy uh, middleweight middleweight champion boxer, I think, or, or maybe a bit bigger. But anyway, he's fantastic, and he's talking about he's talking about a uh, a character, and on the the title it's like basically clips that are taken out of context. And on the title it says like talking about your mate that used to have something about him, or used to be a bit of a bit of a player, a bit of a player. And Eubanks going, he was a he was a, a player, a womanizer, a gambler. He was a rude boy of the old school. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like, you see men that used to have a bit about them be completely just put to this little gerbil because they've just like, the woman's put all these fences around them, they've come here, and then all of a sudden, the woman doesn't even fancy them anymore because they're not who they used to be. And it's like, yeah. it's, like they, it's like they're doing all the things the women told them to, but really the woman doesn't want them to do that. They, they, that's, they're saying that, but they lose their sexual attraction or even attraction to them because they're attracted to certain things that men do. And when they're not there, and it's the same, but it's the same vice versa. You know, if you're attracted to a woman who's taking care of herself, physically attractive, etc., and then yeah. they let they let themselves go, or they're not the same person, that, that desire goes. So it's like 
the reason you come together in the first place, all of a sudden, 10 years later, is not there anymore because the woman's tried to like neuter the man, the man, and like she got comfortable or vice versa, whatever it is. And it's like, that's why you can't suppress that because otherwise you're all of a sudden these people are not who they used to be, you know, and it's just a, it's just yeah. a shambles. And, the thing about you said there about cheating is that cheats. So you think we've got cheating uh, around the wrong, wrong way. You you don't you wouldn't be bothered at all by the, your partner or the person you're seeing going and have sexual intercourse with someone else at all. Wouldn't bother you at all. No, I mean with with uh, my last girlfriend, I used to like we'd be out and I'd be like, oh, what do you think of that guy? And and it's just kind of like you know, it's like it's kind of like I'm so secure in in who I am and my ability to please her and how much I love her and all that sort of stuff that it's like, it's kind of like, Oh, what about him? Why don't you go talk to him? And she's like, eh. you know, and then it's like, you're offering it out. Like I, I feel no need to contain a woman. It's like, it's the, the analogy is if you've got kids or whatever, and then they can go anywhere they want, but they'll stay right where they are. You put a fence there and you go, do not cross that fence line. What are they going to do? Oh, I'm going to fucking cross that fence. But you, you take the fence away and they stay right where they are. It's that people only want to challenge boundaries because you place boundaries there. And I used to actually say, well, actually, both the last girls I was with liked girls as well. So they were always interested in having a threesome or going and hooking up with a girl or whatever. And I'd always be like, you know, what do you think of them? And it's like, whereas a lot of guys are just like, don't you fucking look at another guy or I'll oh, bail no, you. That's so, that's so cringe. So, so it's like yeah. I would – it's like offering it and offering it and like being cheeky and things like that. They literally turn and, and come right into you and push their body right into you because you're their sense of like, you're everything to them. It's like, there's no, you don't have to contain it. It's just, yeah. And yeah. then you it's, know, it's just, yeah, when, when you're, when you're, it's like, they actually like you more for that. When you're like, yeah. that, you're so secure about things that that's what they, they, they always want sort of things that they can't have or if they think that they haven't got you. It's, um, yeah. no, it's interesting. No, it, it would only bother me though, Ryan. It would only bother me if she went out and got drunk and just did some dude down at the pub and whatever. And it just meant nothing. It was just, she was, she was unconscious about the whole thing. That would bother me, but not if there's genuine consideration and love and, um, and finding a higher purpose in the experience and that doesn't bother me i actually want them to have that so it's not a it's yeah i uh and just to the you know i mean there's a lot of different variables in that as well like where um i always just think it's a shame for us to go through life and not experience something that our soul needs to experience and that's the difference like the ego wants to fuck something but the soul might need to have a loving experience with something and it's a completely different energy. There's complete different ends of the spectrum. So it's that ego style that is not for me. I don't even do that. Like I went, I've gone years and years with, well, three years. I went three years without having sex at all. And that was not because I was being celibate on purpose or doing it for spiritual reasons or anything like that. It was just nothing, no opportunities came along that I was particularly drawn to. So it's not like I don't like that. So if a girl was going after someone for ego or to like get attention or spite me or do something, that's what I don't like. But at the same time, I'm like, well, why did she do that? I would be thinking, what is it about me that made her straight? How am I not satisfying her? What about me? Am I not being man enough in my life to make her feel that, that way? Am I not listening to her enough? Am I not man enough? Am I not satisfying her enough? Am I Whatever it is, I'd kind of bring it back to me. I wouldn't blame her. Whereas I think what most people do is they blame me. Yeah, you hurt me. It's your fault. You did this. But but what did you do to to elicit that need that came from the ego? So then, but on the other hand, it's like if they have this soul 
connection, this soul, this something that needs to fill their soul, then I want them to have that because I know that they're going to grow through that. And like I said earlier, they'll be a happier and better person. They'll love me even more than they ever did because there's some, and I always think it's, uh, I don't like resentments. And I, so I don't like the idea of somebody not having some soul experience that would have helped them. And I put rules in place to stop them from having that. I don't think that that's a healthy thing to do for me or for them. So, um, so that's why it doesn't bother me if that's the way that if a girl I'm with has another sexual experience with somebody else, if it's that soul experience. Now there's a whole other, uh, side to that story, which is the, um, you know, the honoring of a, of a love. And it's a, it's a different thing, like looking at the monogamous argument and, but I don't find it an argument. I think there's different energies in different circumstances and it all really depends and at the end of the day, like I said, I think I'd always relate it back to me. What was it about me? And then I would want to grow through that. But if she turned her back and did the ego thing, then that might, that might, I don't know. I'd have to see. I've never had that experience. So I don't and know. When you talk about it as well, in terms of, uh, this is the thing, there's a few different schools of thought about it as well. It's hard. I'm sort of in between. Sometimes I just get that sexual urge and it's like, it's, it's uh, this masculine sexual urge you see so I'm very visual like very visual and I, when yeah. I have a connection with someone even more that's like when I have that connection as well as visual it's like what you're talking about where it's just different level it's just yeah no one else in the room matters but sometimes I can be very visual and just get like hmm the, the urge comes over you just like okay let's go and talk to that girl um, mm. but there is something like as you said like trying to try to get to more to that level you're talking about where it's sort of like you know preserving your own sort of honour around it, or say honour around it, even just like your own energy around it. You know, I think it's quite a, it's a, it's a, it's a next level of understanding, like getting to. But also around like ejaculation or actually sexual urge and things like that. I mean, I think I heard you talk about this for a little bit before, um, but there's different schools of thought on this, right? There's like some people think that holding in that sexual energy is, is really good. I think it's a Taoist or the monks think that. And other, other drives out there feel like, like stifling that stops the actual free flow of energy what would you reckon what, what's your sort of it's, I mean, it's a bit of both and it depends yeah. on it depends on the application mm. so there's both both have merit and again it depends it's like are you having sex with someone out of ego or out of a soul experience are you are you are you pretty much masturbating inside of a woman or you're actually making love with the woman and it's a combined thing with two energies combining becoming one it's like what is the level of what's going on and that determines whether holding on or ejaculating is good, bad, or indifferent, or whatever. It's there's um, it's just different. Like when you know the girls I've been with, there's been a lot of times that I would hold on to my fluids, and then there's other times where it's just like it's the best thing to re- for both to release and all that kind of thing. It's like they've each got their benefits, and it it I think you have to be aware of yourself to be aware of the situation to know mm. in which situation either holding on or releasing is the right way to go based on what the uh, – because most people just aren't at that level of considering all these things. It's just no. sex feels – and they want to do it and they want to blow their load and then that's it. It's like that is sex to them. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's just the level that they're at. But there's just – as you grow more, you start to find different levels in different experiences and then you, if there's other things to consider. So I don't think there's one particular answer. I think people just make a decision – it's like, well, I think I should be a vegetarian. I'll only eat this way or uh, whatever it is. It's like, to me, it's buying into a dogma and not being able to experience all of what life has to offer. And that's not wrong either, but that's just the level they're at. They need a dogma or a religion or a rule book to live under to feel safe and secure, whereas the level above that is that 
uh, all possi- of, of having all possibilities and not having a narrow mind where only things that fit within this lit- narrow thing are okay and everything outside is wrong or offensive. Like that's narrow mindedness. So I prefer to have the most open mind and the most open heart and soul possible to allow all experiences, which is what God is. God is all experiences. So it's kind of, that's where I'm wanting to be and not limit myself by rules and man-made ideas and it comes down to what you feel at the time and like what you, the situation you've got, which I think is just like, yeah. uh, I mean, it comes down to, to that, everything really, that like you can do certain things and read certain things, but when you feel a certain way about something, is it really, is there anything that really trumps that? You know, is there anything that really trumps that? You I mean, your growth and how you're experiencing things and, and what you feel around it. And once you actually start to understand that, but as you said before, not many people are on the level that we're talking about here, Tom. Um, most you know it's just uh oh it's just monkey see monkey do right um yeah, so yeah. When you're thinking but there's also different things. there's a lot of different things in that too so based on the way i was just talking you might have some people listening thinking oh he's just talking about tantric sex and you do you like candles and you do yoga while you're doing it and you stand on your head and whatever <laughs> and you levitate. it's like but it's everything it's like it's literally being as animalistic as it's like it's literally as a man it's taking that woman it's ravishing her it's mm. like being slower then it's flipping her over and then it's bending her over over the thing and it's putting her up against the wall and then it's but it's like it's like a it's a very it's not so people make that mistake they think oh enlightenment means like no, all this gen- not, yeah. gently gently everything but it's not it's like the 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 greatest thing that a man can do is be a man and the greatest thing a woman can do is be a woman and and then that means that it can yeah it can be that that energetic tantric style thing or it can just be as visceral and animalistic as Mm. as can be on a, on the deepest primal level and all can and all are operating in that higher level because it's not yeah do you know what i mean it's like oh, every single one of those is operating on a higher level that way you said there like men being a man because being the best thing for women and, and, and the thing is it's like the part of like the more feminine a man is the more masculine woman he can be attracted to the more masculine a man is like for example i know for me like, i like very feminine women yeah, feminine yeah because i'm that sort of, if i had a masculine woman it would be a complete clash and she'd end up with killing her because i it's just like it wouldn't work you know i'm just that sort of person um yeah and it, because you're like most it's not many like alphas out there today anymore but like that's just the way it is and that women said to me probably like they have to you it's like you make me feel so like feminine so safe it's like well it's because just just how you are you know you can just tell even the fact you're on here talking about this sort of stuff is, is what most men wouldn't even do you know it's just like it shows vulnerability that's another strength as well but you know it's um it's something that that having that having that ability as well it's like you said before um i think you said it, i think john peterson talked about it before it's like being you say or like would you just say like being enlightened or being nice being a nice man doesn't mean you're a good man you know mm-hmm. being a good man is someone who's got the ability to literally fucking rain fire down on earth but doesn't because he's he's in he knows who he is he's securing himself the same with like yeah. have you, when you've got that, that that strength around women they they, they really you know they 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 come into it they, they enjoy being around that sort of presence and mm-hmm. you know i think it's it's definitely important when you talk about that in terms of a, a man or being being enlightened um having that raw sexual energy it's needed at certain times, right? It's it's, it's all cautious for cautious, yeah. depending on where you are and the energy of, of the interaction. Yeah. But no, it's not just about um definitely just not about being yeah enlightened and airy fairy. I think most people that are, are like that. You may have mentioned it before. It's like when people sit there and talk about 
health and they look like they can be blown away in the wind or you got they look like they you know they, they crush a car they sit on it it's the same as like some people talking about these things do you know who it's really interesting i think his name is john whitehand you know him he's like a he's like a bit of an he does he does lots of stuff but he talked about he talks about the masculine and feminine he's really good and one of the ladies i interviewed stevie wright she's brilliant she was on a call uh they, he did like a live call with her with her and her partner and they were talking about this and and I think sometimes like men as well, they don't want to, like you said before, that like, women do want to be ravished. For me, that's such a natural thing to do, right? And maybe it's for you as well. But he was talking to him, he's like, he said, well, what does he not do that you'd like him to do more? He's like, well, I want to be ravished. And, and he was a little bit taken back by it. And he was like, is that something you could do? He's like, yeah. So, well, what, what's been happening? So like, sometimes I might feel like I'm overstepping the mark. I don't want to hurt her. Or it's just like some men are not like that. You know, they're just not like that. Whereas for me, Ravishing Raquel is so like it's just, it's just it's just my sexual energy. There's other times you do things differently. It probably is to you, but that yeah. once again comes from the person and how they feel and and, and I suppose just who they are uh, as much yeah. as anything else. When it just comes naturally, you know, when you're like that naturally, yeah. as you said, it's nature. You know, if you're like that, then the feminine. If you're that masculine, then the feminine will take it take its course. It's like women want to be led right they want to they don't it's why they go oh, where do you want to eat or where do you want to eat it's like no we're eating here we're going here be ready they love that sort of thing that's just on a basic level but it just yeah. shows that that energy of like uh, and so but, but horses for courses there's so much great um you can learn about the feminine energy and even tapping into it as a as, as a man you know it's uh, it's important to have that there as well um i think we cover quite a lot here mate i think it's been a good, good conversation yeah yeah we cover quite a lot yeah, anything sure. else you want to add to that no, I just, um, yeah, just because I know some younger guys are listening, it can be confusing. So it's, um, it is, yeah, you got to lead, but it's also, uh, it's, it's like the woman asks for it on an unconscious level. So when sometimes she, she needs you to be gentle with her and caressing and all that sort of stuff. But then it's like, there's other times that you'll miss the cues, but she's giving you the cues to just take, take the lead and take her, you know, that comes it's with, like yeah. her body wants it. And if you know how to read it, you know, you don't, then you're not like, oh, am I going to hurt you? You don't have to ask that because you know when she's ready and when she wants it. And then and then you're the one, you know, directing things. But it actually comes from her in the first place. She, she kind of like, yeah, it's kind, kind of subtle. And just in case some guys are listening to this and they're like, first thing I'm going to do when I get home is I'm going to throw against the wall. <laughs> you get some calls, it's like, Ryan, Ryan, I'm in jail. <laughs> no, it's just like it's reading that but that comes from that's what I was saying to you before like <clears throat> obviously I went through certain things that when, when I was younger so I was, I was ill for a certain time I didn't take my shirt off for seven years because I was so embarrassed about my skin and you get there but I didn't even know who I was for a certain age and you get there and uh, you start to read the signs and when you become older as a man you start to understand it some unfortunately some guys never do I remember talking to people last year about this when I was on holiday and he was like how do you know this it's like, it's like I can just feel it I can just see it in her eyes I can just see her energy like I don't have to ask her it's obvious yeah it's like it's the cues that you may not notice or you don't take advantage of because you're too afraid to like real men don't say real men the masculine doesn't wait well, just know it like that's that's a sign once you can understand those things and it's the same vice versa you know like as you said before when they don't want that you'll you'll see it. you can read off the, the signs or when the, the time is right it's like it's different when to making say making love or something more animalistic it's like you can see those signs so yeah you don't just stick to the forehead <laughs> well sometimes that can work but like <laughs> but like yeah no i think it's it's reading the situation but that's once again it's like being in tune with the energy of the room and yeah. And the more healthy you are and the more grounded you are, 
the easier that becomes. It's just like yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you and you create you can create that situation too where it's okay to just you're not even reading anything. You're just creating the environment where she wants it. And then that's like, it's just when, it's just been, it's when you're not conscious of what's going on with yourself. That's when you can run into, uh, that's when things can go bad for uh, both side, both parties. But yeah, but I, that was, I think that's, that was a good, um, we covered quite a few things. So <laughs> cool. Well, mate, I'll, I'll, I'll leave the, uh, the interview there and we can just touch base uh, when we, when we go forward and, uh, yeah, I've obviously, uh, I said before, actually, one of my friends is getting uh, getting married to an Aussie girl. Hopefully, we'll be able to get over there without any vaccinations. But yeah, anyway, yeah. I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll get back on anyway. We'll have a, we'll have a chat in, there in a few weeks or a month or so. Uh, and we'll see how things yeah, sounds but good. Awesome, my man. Really good, uh, good to speak to you, Tom. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Ryan. So there we have it, guys. That was a really, really fun, interesting conversation with Tom. And, you know, it won't be the last one. Um, literally can't wait to meet the guy face-to-face. We're going to have so much to talk about, and we'll bring you some cool stuff. And he's uh, uh, he's one of the good guys. And I loved all the people I have on the show. You know, they're people that really care about humanity and people that are not afraid to speak their mind when it comes to the truth. So often now today, you know, with what's going on, the truth just gets diluted or pushed apart. And, and with this whole sort of, like agenda or everyone that you know as we talk about you know the offended offended police everyone wants to be offended some people don't like saying things as they are and when it comes down to it you know the truth will set you free and the truth the facts don't care about your feelings as ben shapiro says and when it comes to a lot of this stuff you know stepping outside of nature stepping away from the truth has led to the situation we find ourselves in today um so it's really important i feel that we speak the truth and when it comes to things like what we talked about today, especially like relationship, sexuality, important to express that. And it's something that doesn't get talked about enough because people, it's a bit of a taboo topic or people don't like to talk about it. Monogamy and sexual experience, relationships, and even the masculine and feminine um, topic today. You know, it's it's something that that's it's been bastardized so much that people, you know, trying to teach the teletest in the mainstream that men and women are all the same and, and we're not and we never will be um obviously we're human so we're more similar than we are different but when it comes to you know men and women are different <laughs> anyone's ever lived with the opposite sex knows that um and so it's really important for us to have that conversation and i think we covered some good stuff there with tom um and a lot of other things detoxing water um and uh yeah just uh, a lot of of good information there for you to take on board and you know i'm sure me and tom will dive into some more stuff uh, in the future um so that's it for this week as always if you are dealing with a health issue and you're looking for someone to help you overcome it you know the doctors specialists consultants haven't been able to help then don't hesitate and give me an email at ryan at reviveyourself.co that's ryan at reviveyourself.co and i'll get back to you as soon as i can um or if you're following me on facebook you know ryan martin or revive yourself give me a message on there or instagram at ryan underscore underscore martin underscore underscore or um revive underscore yourself dot co you know, I'll, uh, oh, sorry, it's just revive underscore yourself on Instagram. I'll, um, get back to you there. On Instagram, though, as I mentioned before, I have been shadow banned. So if you can please comment, like, share any of my content, it will be, be greatly, um, appreciated as we need to get this information out to as many people as possible. And, you know, they only censor the truth. But otherwise, people, that's it for this week. Lots of love. As always, stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye bye. <laughs> 
you're struggling with gut issues such as gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects, then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of The Healing Health Paradigm today. 